Hey everyone, today is Thursday, the 11th of February 2021. This is The Gap, episode 552. I'm Luke Laurie. Joe Gure's here, as always. How's your week going, Joe? Any exciting uh, going on? No, I wouldn't say anything exciting necessarily. Uh, regular yeah. old week. Your old pal, Jobo. Um, yeah, just trying to move the chains. That's a Super Bowl reference. Uh, um, superb Al. The superb, superb. That was that was. Did you watch the game? It was so fucking boring. Oh I my did. god. Oh my god. Like it didn't help that for whatever reason, the refs decided that the Bucks were going to win. <laughs> yeah, they were like, we're going for the other team. <laughs> yeah. Like I've, I don't want to be all Aisha Curry. Right, but yeah. that game was fixed. I saw it live, whether for ratings or money. <laughs> sorry, uh, <laughs> that was fucking. Yeah. Bizarre. That was gross. Like every fucking halfway. Like you know, I'm not a fucking NFL expert, but I've mm. played a couple hundred games in Madden, and I think I know enough of the rules. Uh, yeah, every fucking fifty-fifty fucking call that could have gone down in that game somehow went the Bucks' way, uh, including some that. I don't even think we're fucking 50-50 calls. Like, heinous. Uh, it was just it was just shit. It was just shit to watch. Uh, that There was that fucking interception that they overturned in, like, the hmm. first quarter, was it? Second quarter, maybe? Right. Oh, my God. I hated that. That was, that was it. You could... That was... That was the game. The, the game ended hmm. right there, basically. It could have been an interesting one. No. There was just a... Blowout for the rest of that. It was shit. Uh, yeah, so, I don't know. That's it. That's what I get. Uh, um, basically, every now and then, I trick myself into believing that I will like something, and then I remind myself why I hate it. And yeah. that's the NFL, and it's also the first game we're going to talk about <laughs> this week. Magic the Gathering. Uh, because I hate Magic the Gathering. Again. Uh, you've... Again, I'm back to hating back on it. it. I'm back You're to back hating on the train. <laughs> I was back on the train. I was. I played fucking loads of it this week, hmm. and what I thought I could do was iterate my way out of the nightmare that is land, and you just can't do it, right? And worse still, uh, it appears that everyone knows that. Right? Like, people who play Magic, right. who love Magic, just, like, openly recognize that you're just going to get, oh, yeah, yeah, you'll get land screwed. That'll happen. All right. Well, it's probably one of the shittiest ways to lose. Like, it is the equivalent of when you're playing a Battle Royale and the circle ends on some position that you mm. can't possibly reach, like up a mountain or something. It's the equivalent of losing a game to that, uh, in which case you are being land-screwed in, in Warzone, and I have been land-screwed in Warzone. Uh, but in Warzone, <laughs> yeah. right, that happens one out of 200 times, maybe less. Sure. One out of 250 to 500 times. And in, in uh, Magic, it happens every other fucking game, and it's infuriating. Hmm. Well, it certainly happens every other fucking game in Magic the Gathering Arena. I'm not playing the paper game because I'm not sitting across from another human being whose hygiene may or may not be questionable. Um, hmm. 
And also in Arena, I can just sort of churn through and that, you know, iterative process that I'm, I, I was chasing is a lot easier to do, right? Uh, so what I was doing was trying to find the right balance of um, cards, land cards and actual cards uh, to make a reasonable deck, right? And I'm by no means an expert at making at deck building in Magic. I don't know everything that I'm going to come up across, uh, up against rather. I don't know like what I should be attempting to account for or anything like that, but I did play, uh, I would say, 70 to 80 games over the course of the last week. Um, I played for fucking hours. Uh, played on my phone. It's not the ideal way to play if you don't know 100% what you're doing in Magic. Uh, but I played a lot of Magic, and I did have a good feel of the particular pitfalls that my deck could fall into, and uh, and I think I shored them up quite well. Uh, I had board clear. I had single target clear. I had uh, a decent amount of... Uh, like ability to like a survivability and I had a good idea of what my win conditions were for my deck. Uh so what I was I was playing a red black deck. Uh like I said the uh, last week, I got given a shit ton of like packs for Kaldheim's release. 45 packs in in arena for uh for Kaldheim's release. I opened them up uh and the most interesting cards that I got were um a black card called Turgrid uh and I think God of Fright and mm. a black red card uh with sort of like the the main character of Kaldheim um Valky uh the god of lies uh who came with a, a planeswalker on like on his reverse side, he was, he was two sided, uh, Valky, and uh, whatever this fucking planeswalker's name is, I can't remember. Um, I, never, I just I, I just referred to him as fucking Valky because ninety percent <laughs> of the time, what I was using for him for was Valky. Um, hmm. let me, I'm just gonna look it up. He, like the the planeswalker was pretty interesting, although I felt like they didn't. Tybalt, Tybalt is I think almost the the main character, uh, Planeswalker for for Kaldheim as well. So I built What's this his name Tibbles. Tibbles. Oh, okay. Um. So, uh, made this red black deck. Uh, it was ninety. I was no like seventy five percent black, twenty five percent red. Uh, entirely. Uh, yeah, like red black like focused on on that uh because it's arena uh you don't have the 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 same problems i think that people ran into used to run into with um like you you'd have to pursue these two you know you got land cards that suffices two types red or black Mm -hmm. uh you didn't really have to chase that down all that much you can just sort of like you've got access to a fuck ton of them um uh, although you got access to all your basic land cards and you make these these other ones pretty easily uh, via the the card crafting system, which is good. And uh, so I made a 72-card deck 
the minimum you can have is 60. Uh, I made 72 cards and uh, yeah, just sort of put together this deck. I put in, so I started off with, uh, they recommend you start off, like if it's a 60 card deck, you start off with 25 cards. Mm-hmm. I started off with 29 because like I was saying last week, the new ability in uh in Kaldheim is well one of the new abilities is is uh foretell which allows you to pay mana early on to create a like to to lower the cost so basically you pay two mana and next turn that card is costs two mana less uh and i felt like that was actually really good uh solution for being land fucked uh in that you you know you don't have enough land um so i felt like that actually would be appropriate and so i i didn't put as many cards in as i thought i would need to uh and then i sort of just iterated over the course of the next bunch of games uh putting in an extra card here or there and i went over i went up to all the way up to 34 and I found that I was just getting way too many fucking land cards too often. Uh, I was still occasionally getting no land cards. I would finish a game with three land on deck, uh, and like it would it would just be nonstop fucking other cards, which is just a nightmare. Um, especially considering forty fucking, I think forty eight percent of my deck was fucking. Uh, like nearly half of my fucking cards will land, which meant that on the back end of this game, if it had dragged out any further, and my my style of gameplay, the 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 Valky style of play, uh, is pretty halting. I'm attempting to stall these uh my enemies out quite a bit until I can get all my shit online. So. What I was going to wind up having is just land card after land card after land card, uh, and that was going to be infuriating on the back end. Hmm. I dropped it all the way back down to 31 out of the 72 cards, uh, and that seemed like a decent amount. Uh, I was playing, I I played in ranked. Um, I actually went undefeated through the bronze ranks, which I think makes sense because it's bronze. Um, but I just belted my way through bronze. And then when I got to silver, uh, I got like halfway through the lowest rank of silver. And then I had three games in a row where all I fucking drew were lands. And it's not like I'm like, I feel like I'm doing everything correctly in this game, right? I read up as much as I could uh to to make sure that i wasn't like that i was giving it whatever i like whatever advantage i could mm-hmm. uh because i wanted to make a good deck right like i wanted the deck that i'd made to actually function well and and like do well uh otherwise why would i be playing ranked right uh and yeah i just got land fucked like proper land fuck. So I wouldn't, I would like, I would mulligan if I had less than three uh, land cards um, or more than four, but that 
inexplicably never happened. I suppose they were just waiting to be drawn instead of fucking put into my starting hand. Uh, so Mulligan, um, the last game I played, I had to Mulligan away uh, twice because somehow I didn't get any lands. I got like one land in the first draw and two in the second. I'm like, I gotta, I, like, I can't risk this. And then naturally I drew nothing but fucking lands uh, and I had to discard twice. That was it. That was enough. Like, I was like, I uninstalled the game. I uninstalled the game on the fucking spot when <laughs> somehow managing to get out because I'd had it in my hand. And, like, I played this really cleverly. Like, I felt like that's the thing. That's what people, that's what keeps people coming back to magic is that, like, you play really cleverly and you feel really smart. And like you, you do these things. So what what happened in this game was, um, Valky slash Tybalt, right? Uh, he was in my hand from the get go. What little hand I had, um, and I managed to play him, uh, on turn two. Uh, and when I say I got nothing but land, I did get like a few pieces here or there, but it was like overwhelmingly, uh land like just land land and by the end like the last i don't know four draws were nothing but land it was infuriating anyway i played valky uh valky's ability uh is when valky enters the battlefield he's a two mana card is a seven mana on the flip side um when he enters the battlefield each opponent reveals their hand and uh, uh valky can exile one of those cards and place it underneath him and at any time he can spend the mana cost of uh, like a without without accounting for the color mana like the color of the mana just a colorless mana he can spend that cost to become that card and so what i usually do is especially you know what i was doing in ranked games was on turn two he would show up I'd play him and I'd be able to see the entirety of like the other team's fucking cards, which is huge, mm. right? I'd have a, it was fantastic for learning the game as well. Like it was a fantastic resource for understanding what they were trying to do and what I could expect to see from car, uh, like decks that would do certain things and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, generally what I would do is I would pick, I, I wouldn't pick the most powerful card uh, in their deck. What I do is I would pick, something that I felt was going to fuck them as hard as possible because that's what you want to do. So uh, so in this this instance, what I saw was, uh, I believe this character, I can't remember if it was this game or the, other, the, the one before it, but um, what they were, I believe, trying to do is play a bunch of adventure cards, uh, which mm -hmm. is a, a style of card that I don't really understand all that well but it seems like you can sort of play it one way or play it a different way like you can play it as an instant spell and that turns it into an adventure and then you can play it from your exile as a regular card but they know what it is or something like that anyway uh, they had a card that would be buffed quite heavily uh if they played a lot of adventures and I'd seen before that what they tended to do was play that card early and then buff it into a place where I, I I would have to draw 
target creature removal uh, mm-hmm. or I'd be fucked. And so I took that card from them and I didn't even intend on necessarily turning into it because I like it was it's not a powerful card if you don't have adventures and I didn't have adventures. So I, I wasn't necessarily planning on turning into it. Uh, I, I was just restricting it from them. Uh, keeping it from them so that they would have to play their adventures without also buffing this card. Uh, it's still they've still got a good deck. It's not like their only win condition, um, but it is uh, like a common, in my experience, a common way for them to sort of dismantle me very quickly. Um, and so I took that out of their their hand, and then I played like normal as much as I could, uh, doing my best to to just sort of persist for as long as possible until I realized all I was getting was fucking lands. And then what I did was I just really blatantly sacrificed Valky. I just threw him away, basically, uh, in in a, like, just a really obvious play that... So uh, I had a card... Uh, I, I like I was taking a card in that would allow me to give uh, any any of my creatures plus two, and when they die, they return from the graveyard to the battlefield, which was fantastic on Valky uh, and a number of other cards in my deck. Because when I played it, he would he would get to like enter the battlefield again. And when he enters the battlefield, you look at their entire fucking hand and take whatever you want. And it was a fantastic way when, like, they drawn a bunch of cards and you could see that they were ramping up to something. Uh, it was a fantastic way to sort of just uh, see their entire hand again and maybe pick a different card from the piece, from that from that selection, and screw them in a different manner, right? They, they may have altered all of their plans because you've done, you've taken away their like their strategy. So they've gone to plan B and then you take away plan B uh, and give them plan A back. The plan A doesn't necessarily work anymore. So you feel smart for that. And then what else? I, what what happened next was uh, the next turn, I sacrificed Valky again and I had mana in hand and I had cards in hand and they didn't know what was going to happen. So... Um, they they just let the damage through. They didn't want me to see their hand again and take something else. And I just kept doing this until they killed Valky. And they got their card back. They, they got their plan B back. I got Valky back, but I had enough mana at this point to cast the Planeswalker. And I'm like, that's fucking smart, right? That worked out really well. I took shit, like, I, I eat a, a load of damage away from them. I've done really well at this shit. I, Managed to play my planeswalker. That's what now what I do is oh yeah, I exile away their their top-notch creature to save myself from you know lethal damage. And then next turn, what I'll do is I'll take a card from their deck and I'll take a card from my deck, and I can finally get some fucking card draw going so I can maybe get through this nightmare of non-stop fucking lands, which has happened to me the last two fucking games in a row. And I'll just fucking power through, and then I exile the top card on both uh, decks, and it was a land from them and a land from me. And I'm like, all right, great. So I can't, and I'd already played a land. 
that turn. So I, I just had fucking extra lands in hand. Useless. And they, on the other side, drew another creature and filled out the board more. And so they had a full fucking board of stuff. And all I needed to do was, was from what was left of my fucking thing, I had two attempts to draw. All I needed to do was draw like any of my board removal because like most of this fucking uh deck was was sub fucking three health and so i could very easily wipe most of them away and what i drew on the initial draw on on my actual turn was land and then when i exiled the card from both fucking decks I drew land and land, and I'm like, that's it. I'm fucking done with this game. I cannot do this anymore. That is fucking idiotic. Like, it cannot happen like that, right? Like, under I understand fucking statistics and RNG, but three fucking games in a row. And what's mm. worse is that you can't fucking talk to anyone about this, right? Like, it's it's like... It's like they're so fucking browbeaten by the concept of being land fucked that people are just like, yeah, you get land fucked. That's how fucking magic works. Stop fucking whinging about it, right? If you don't like it, don't fucking play. Okay, I won't play, right? That's that's about the only fucking option I've got less left because you try to have a conversation with people about it and they, it's just, it's, it, oh, well, you know, that's that's how magic works, right? If you don't have land then you don't have the variance that makes the game interesting, right? And variance is everything, right? There's no better way to get variance. If if you like the Hearthstone style of always getting mana, right, then go fucking play a Hearthstone. Oh, you're not playing Hearthstone because you're bored with it because there's no variance, right? Variance is what makes Magic the Gathering interesting. Yeah, okay, I got bored with Hearthstone, but I rage quit magic. Surely, surely drifting away from a game is better than rage quitting. Mm. Like, does am I crazy on that shit? Right? Like, surely the player experience is. Oh, it's just infuriating. I'm just not going to play fucking competitive card games anymore. I think. Like, I don't. That that's the thing, right? The the defense that magic has, right? The defense that magic has is that yes, I do think that the mana system in Hearthstone inevitably inevitably leads to boredom, right? Because you will see the same arc archetypes over and over again. Even though I also think that those archetypes are all present in magic, there is that that amount of variance that I think results in uh, slightly more dynamic games if you can somehow swallow the massive amount of anger that you feel. Like, I, I think people who who still play Magic just accept being land-fucked as, as a part of life. And because I worked really hard because i came back to magic knowing it was probably what upset what was going to upset me i worked really hard to try to solve it right and then i ran into the fact that it just can't be solved mm -hmm. and that was it right that that was the end of the fucking line for me um yeah like yeah in magic's defense it, I don't. It, it, I don't think it can be solved, right? Like otherwise, the game right. would have fucking solved it. 
right? And the best that I've seen is like is the Hearthstone matter uh, manner mm. of 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 everyone gets yeah, but you wind up in these situations where everyone just plays the you know what was the fucking it was Jay Druids, right? That's when I quit Hearthstone because everyone was just playing the same fucking deck over and over again. In Magic, they're not playing the same deck. They're playing, I don't know, one of the Different colored lands. Yeah, one of six <laughs> of the same deck. But, like, yeah, like, they're basically playing. You see, like, yeah, you see the occasional really interesting thing, but uh, yeah. it's it's broadly the same stuff. And, yeah, it's... It's tricky, right? I don't know what what you do, and you can't. That's the thing. Yeah, like that's that's the game. That that is just how the game works. It's it's a um, it's based off of random chance, and like you're sort of dealing with the things that you get. And if you win, you win. If you lose, you lose. And there's nothing you can really do about it. You just try and do the best you can yeah. with what you've got. And that's like why games like um, uh like other card-based games, you look at uh, like poker. Um, yeah. When the big poker boom was happening, I don't know, what, 10 years ago, something like that. Yeah. Um, I, I was watching a lot of, of poker and, and you start looking into that sort of stuff and you b- become to realize that these guys are really good, but they're also relying extremely heavily on chance yep. and they're dealing with the stuff that they get given and trying to make the best about it. Like you look at who's won that sort of stuff and the guys that win the main event at those things, they don't really win it another time. <laughs> like yeah. It's usually a different person every year. And you, you get the guys that are obviously very, I'm not saying poker players aren't good, but you get the guys that have won uh, all those other events around it and they get bracelets and all that sort of things. But you don't really see the same people winning like the main event a lot. And the guys that do win the the mini tours that are going around like the guys like your phil helmuth has got um 15 16 bracelets they're like you know what i mean like they're just kind of winning it they're doing the best that they can and occasionally they're getting they're they're putting their luck in the right spot yeah it's not like they're they're a um they're not like lebron james or uh, I don't, I, someone in tennis or like uh, Tom Brady, we were talking about football, where, where they're like are dealing with, a, they can, I don't know, there's no random shit in there that have to do with other than refs, um, which yeah. is a human nature of the sport that they kind of have to manage. And so that's why you see those people, athletes that are able to repeat success and people that are in card games have a lot tougher time because they're relying a lot more on this random stuff that is going on. Mm. Um, and I'd like you, 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 you talked about like, how do you fix that? And unless they change the gameplay up fundamentally, not, well, not fundamentally, but like add a brand new mechanic and being like, uh, the, the, um, Hearthstone thing where you get extra land, I don't know, every two turns for free or something like that. But otherwise, like, they can't do it. And you, you look at, um, uh, we've talked about this a bunch, like the pseudo-random stuff that Dota did by getting rid of yeah. the random chance of, like, hey, you've got a 15% chance to stun this person or to deal this much damage. And they scrapped that whole thing and changed it to being, like, it's 15%, but every time, but it's not really 15%. The first time is 8%. And the second time is yeah. 12%. And then the third time is... You know, eighteen percent, and every time that you 
do something that is supposed to have a percentage chance attached to it and it doesn't happen, the next time you do it, there's a greater chance. And eventually that thing is going to proc and happen. Yeah. And that is how they solve that. that or uh, recoil patterns. That, you know, yeah. like it's a similar thing, right? Some games have random recoil and inevitably they struggle competitively mm. uh, and then they adopt a recoil pattern and it's it's far more palatable because there's a there's you can deal waste. with it. yeah there's there's something there's a guaranteed way like i i think i mean battle royale is is probably the the easiest comparison to the card game right uh because mm. you can you know like i said you can get land screwed you can uh you can get bad rng rng plays a large role in it i wonder if like if that's i've been watching uh the pgis uh quite a yeah. bit uh and uh on our on our discord uh ljm yeah. uh did his best to explain the convoluted fucking mess that is how this tournament is working <laughs> <PUBG>. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah but uh it's 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 a tournament where her uh the like I think they've made some mistakes, but like in a way, it they've almost solved exactly what you were talking about. This this problem where it's difficult. We to solved determine. it. We solved it. Fucking four years ago, we certainly we said did. this is how you fix PUBG esports. We absolutely fucking. <laughs> they listened did. to half of us. They, the other half, they're they, doing they've, weird they've shit done, over there. Done their but- own thing, but um. <laughs> But like the the way that you win in the PGIS is uh is like the winner is the person who has the most money, who just won the most money over the course of, of the tournament uh at the mm. end of it. Uh the way they screwed up is by making certain weeks far more valuable than others, uh yeah. to the point like where weighted winnings, that's like strange i can't remember if it was the fourth or fifth week but like one of the weeks is worth more than the three weeks previous so like Mm. yeah like insanity um but is it earnings based or are they doing like because you look at um it sounds similar to what valve did with the the dota pro circuit stuff where they have like major events and minor events and certain events are worth um more money uh, not more money well the, yes they're worth more money but they're also worth like more circuit points compared to others and then they go into the like this is who gets into the uh international at the end of the year like it's sort of it sounds like that but also it's not because it's with dota it's different organizations that are putting on this stuff in different parts of the country yeah. countries whereas the PUBG stuff is not necessarily like that it's being hosted in the same spot by the same organization and that's why i'm confused about why they've got these weighted winning earnings things that relate to how well you do i have not i honestly yeah like i said (laughs) uh lj did his best to explain it but Mm. i do not think he was entirely successful because i don't know that his fault that it's not his fault. I don't think he fully understands it. I don't think anyone fully understands yeah. it. I so think they there was that they dude. were using a dartboard and they were like, oh, okay, that week's uh, 45,000. <laughs> um, but, like, I wonder if that's almost the way that you, you get around it. I mean, like like you were saying, right, there, there aren't that many people who are repeat champions in poker, right? Mm-hmm. And they're... Uh, there are there are repeat champions in Magic, uh, but there aren't that many. Uh, and 
and there is a degree of uh yeah rng about it that you have to fucking account mm. for and yeah like the the i think the reason that i pref- like i wind up still playing battle royales over and over again is because you can't you get fucked sometimes you, you, you get, get and there's nothing you can do about it you get fucked but 100%. when you when when things go well then it's awesome <laughs> and and skill there is an element of mechanical skill that can overcome mm. being fucked that that just doesn't happen in a card game because mechanical skill is removed and i guess it is a crutch uh but it is a crutch that i think uh i i require because if it didn't exist i probably would have burned out on on battle royales long ago as well just from being rng fucked i hate being rng fucked in battle royales as much as i hate being rng fucked in magic but i am more like i think those you know that that elation i felt at having successfully baited uh my opponent into handing me my planeswalker back when i wasn't able to draw it like I'm, mm. I'm actively unable to draw it from my fucking deck, and I've still managed to bait him into giving it to me so I could get it on deck at the right moment to then get further RNG fucks. Right, that that elation uh, at the skill uh, move that I I put out. Right, it wasn't mechanical skill, but it was uh, a, a, a skill play. Uh, that. I think occurs more often because moment to moment there is mechanical skill that you can lean back on in a battle mm-hmm. royale that just doesn't wind up happening in Magic the Gathering. Um anyway, like Right. I just can't I can't handle being land fucked. It drives me bananas. Mm. Oh, like I, I even read like interviews from the creators and they're like, but like the the great thing about land is that it creates so much like uh, investment in deck building and I just don't think that's true because I spent most of my time I I worked out over the course of you know the many games that I played I worked out how I would get land fucked uh, sorry how I would get fucked proper how other players could defeat me and I worked out how I could solve those problems very quickly like really quickly um and i worked out like i think pretty interesting ways to deal with it most of my time deck building was adding or removing a single fucking land to see how that would change the balance and i understand 100% that i probably didn't give each variant enough time uh, I have no idea how many games you would have to play before you were certain. At least eight. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I'm sure I didn't give it enough time. I'm sure, you know, uh, Magic the Gathering pros would be like, oh, you got to play 100 games of the deck before you know whether or not you're going to get land fucked by it. Um, yeah, yeah. I certainly didn't play that many, but yeah. Anyway, um, what else? Oh, yeah. Magic the Gathering Arena doesn't do a very good job of... Uh, I think breadcrumbing plays either. Like it doesn't give you a lot to go on in a lot of situations. Um, there, there are a number of circumstances um, in 
or wherein like you just have not like you have no idea and if you haven't seen the card before you're not able to accurately work out what the fuck has happened uh i put mm. up a video in uh discord where i'm like what the fuck happened here um and it was basically just like cards being triggered over and over and over and over again and the the person i was up against had uh had basically like created manner out of nothing but you can't like it doesn't showcase where those like a mana token is this tiny fucking dot uh mm. on on the screen it's not large enough compared to um like i think what they're going for is is the the accurate live representation of a token right which would be a small little circle but the active like placement of a token is different to a a number ticking up on a small circle on a pretty fucking cluttered board. Um, right. So it's very easy to miss. And then you just sit there wondering what the fuck is going on. Uh, that happens quite a bit. Uh, when cards are like being played in order, you can't, you can't separate them. So if one card has an action that it needs to be played and then another card and then another card, you can't see what's happening after until it comes up, which is aggravating as shit because sometimes you may want to make uh, a change to what you're about to do or let happen uh, based on what they're going to do. But if you've never seen those cards before, you've got no idea what is going to happen until they fucking come up. Um, What else? Uh, oh, yeah. Well, the phone version is worse at this. So much worse at this. Uh, because it's way harder to actually fucking like click on a card to read what's going on and you're on a tiny screen. Uh, and so it's, you know, I just found that I was roping a lot on the phone, um, which I'm sure was not, you know, my, my opponents weren't fans of that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, that's about it. I just... I can't play I I can't play co uh PVP card games anymore because it's <clears> just like when when there's a when it's against a, an AI card engine I find that uh being screwed like I can't even take knowing that I've been land fucked I can't even take a lot of like I can see when my opponent is sitting there with fucking three fucking lands out on turn fucking 11 and i'm like and now i'm gonna play my my oh yeah and you can't do anything about it doesn't feel good right like it doesn't feel good because i can see that they're being land fucked as well right like that it happens to everyone and that's like that is used as an excuse for it. oh well sometimes you'll get land fucked sometimes they'll get land fucked i'm like but that that's not satisfying right like <laughs> I um like I don't take any joy in that. It's not like circle fucked or circle gifted. The, the, these are different. The, the, these are different con like concepts because you can overcome most <laughs> yeah. being cases of being circle fucked. Uh, but yeah, if they're well, yeah, we're gonna put the circle on the other side of the map, but we're also taking away your legs, so right? Like, good luck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it's it's. Yeah, it's just not the same. So I can't even take joy out of a lot of my victories outside of the ability to put something broadly cool together. 
Um, mm. There was the only the, my favorite game. I'll finish on Magic with this. My favorite game of Magic was there was a guy who was emoting nonstop and roping the shit out of me. Uh, roping, you know, allowing the turn to take as long as humanly possible. Um, and I uh, managed to get my planeswalker out because I was watching the basketball, uh, so I didn't mm. give a fuck. But I could see him, him emoting, and he had me down to, like, two health. And <laughs> I got my planeswalker out. I got my other win conditions out. I had him lock stock the fucking lot. I had this, so I had Valky and I had this other, this other god character, Turgrid, who um, the flip side of hers was an enchantment where you could, uh, you could activate it and they had to discard a card or lose three health. And uh, this dude had shit tons of cards. Um, and if you put Turgrid out at the same time, when they discard a card, you get that card. So if you got Turgrid and Turgrid's Lantern on board at the same time, you just you take whatever they've fucking got. Uh, it's it's yours. It goes to your like goes into your battlefield. It is heinous. Uh, and what was happening was they were discarding cards like here, like all over the fucking place, and I was just taking them and putting them into the battlefield, and I like walloped them i was on two health and then i get my planeswalker out and i uh i take cards from like exile cards from both decks and they are basically out of cards hmm. uh at this point and my board is full uh i've got everything i need they're still pretty like high on health for whatever reason and uh what i drew from them was a card that uh like play this card and draw seven cards and i played it and i played it on them to give them seven cards and then i uh waited till the next turn and then i started making them discard again or lose health and uh suddenly they'd stopped roping and stopped emoting and that was my favorite game because that would be dicks <laughs> and i managed to throw it back in their face um it was a real power move giving them seven cards when they knew that they couldn't do anything about it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that was pretty cool. But otherwise, yeah, uh, I'm done with magic. Again, nice. again, yeah. Smash cut to episode 750, and I'll be like, "Magic the Gathering, guys, interesting <laughs> stuff." Don't know if you guys have heard about this, but. <laughs> Yeah, they sent me this space food, uh, and that was while I was in space. <laughs> we went to space for the space-themed launch of space magic. Um, yeah. All right. Um, well, I have a game we can talk about, which is uh, semi-related to magic. It's called Rogue Book, oh. and it is designed by the same guy that created magic the gathering oh. richard garfield yeah um this was one of the uh, demos on the steam game festival that they've been uh well, that they were doing the last like week and a bit i think it's is it over now or is it yeah it's over i think it's over now yeah yesterday um <clears throat> basically a bunch of demos on steam that you could play uh tons and tons and tons of upcoming games 
And um, I thought I'd check this one out because it sounded interesting. Um, and it was a roguelike deck building game where you are playing as um, uh, this character who is navigating this like top down world that's sort of laid out in a in like hexagons. Um, and as you start the game, you go and grab another companion or an ally with you. In, in this particular demo, there's only one. And um, they have an entirely different set of cards uh, to what your character does, your main champion. Um, I'm, I'm assuming that once the game does come out, that there'll be like different types of champions and cards and um, like different combinations that you can sort of build uh, along the way. But anyway, um, so you start off and it's basically like a, a, a this hex, hexagon map that is entirely shrouded. You can't see around it. And then it draws a, a path to the boss of the area. Um, and then you're given like paintbrushes. And the idea is to explore this world and paint in uh, your surroundings by revealing what is behind this fog. And when you do that, you uncover um, stuff that's there. It could be uh, new pathways or it could be uh, fights that you can go and take on. It could be treasure, gold, um, gems or new cards and things like that. So uh, you're given a very limited amount of these paintbrushes in order to go out and sort of build your deck a little bit better uh, in order to then go to the boss and try and beat the boss and go to the next area. Um, and that's kind of where the roguelite stuff sort of comes into it, is you're, you're, you're exploring this world, you may not succeed, but when you're not succeeding, you're gaining resources that allow you to go into your deck later on and get extra cards, and you're getting more familiar with the cards, and getting more familiar with the enemies that you're coming up against and how they work, um, and all the different sort of strategies that that sort of entails. And so, uh, yeah, like... I think it's in an interesting place at the moment. Like it, it, it seems all right. Yeah. Um, it was because it's a demo. It's sort of hard to gauge like how deep this thing actually goes and uh, and uh, like how how much legs it's gonna have because they're saying like it's gonna take like twenty hours to finish their campaign um, or like and there's like hundreds and hundreds of cars that you can go through and um, all this sort of stuff, but. When, like, there's nothing that's really standing out to me that's been like, oh, that's kind of cool. Um, it, to, to me, it seems like it's a good foundation for what they've got at the moment. But I yeah. kind of want to see more because um, <laughs> I don't get a sense of how the roguelite aspect sort of works as you start spending, like, a lot of time with it. Because I only, I, I played, like... Uh, two hours or something like that. Right. Uh, so I, I don't really have a good grasp of how many times you've actually got to go through it to actually start getting these decks really powerful and yeah. uh, and really making it substantial changes. Because um, I got to the second area of the game and at that stage, like the things you're coming up against have tons and tons of health and you're just getting walloped um, at that point. And, yeah. but, you, but you're also getting, like I said, these resources and- it's not really 
the game's not really telling you what you're supposed to do with them because it's like it's just a demo like it's just a snapshot of this section of the game so there's no proper tutorial system in there yet or anything like that there's bits and pieces that sort of guide you very basically like what you should be doing um but it's yeah super early um in that aspect so I don't know, man. Like, there's some stuff in there that I think is is interesting, like the going out and exploring this world and trying to acquire more paintbrushes to explore further and t- taking on these, like, little mini fights that are in between uh, and then building up your cards. Um, your champions will take damage, and uh, if they go down um, to zero health, then they sort of get put in this wounded state um, where you'll automatically be given... And I don't know if this will change once it's released but you get wounded cards uh automatically chucked into your your hands um but they're still you're still able to do things with them um like uh like revive them there'll be like a uh play this card for one mana and uh, if you then play three of these types of cards at any time it'll revive that character back and so you can sort of get killed but then come back to life and then have your other character get killed and then bring the other one back to life and sort of do this juggling effect um so it doesn't mean that you automatically get like one shot by something and say like, oh well i guess my run is completely over now uh there's not really much i can do and so there's like interesting stuff in there that is uh kind of cool um but the the like mana thing that you were talking about i don't really know how they address uh, that sort of stuff because it's kind of like Hearthstone where you're given a pool um, and then every time that you jump into a new round you're like all right you're back up to four mana yeah. um, and you get to spend these cards uh, and so you spend the cards depending on like what color deck it is and I think the ones that I was playing was white and red uh, the red deck was more like a tanky dude um, which was able to block a bunch of damage um, whereas the white one seemed a bit more damage focus and the one of the interesting mechanics they've got in there is that certain cards will change your positioning in the um, the combat phase so it's kind of like uh, monster train or slay the spire where depending on where these characters are on the 2d plane yep. they'll be the ones that are attacked yep. Um because your enemies can only attack the person that is in front, whereas you can attack whoever you want. At least w- whatever I've played so far, it's kind of like you play this card and you attack this person, um, but they're attacking whoever's, whoever is in front. But some of the cards will have uh, certain abilities on them where it'll be like, hey, you do, you're able to deal 13 damage, but if you deal 13 damage, it'll move your character to the front. And, and all of a sudden, like, they're the ones that are blocking. Um, and then there's stuff like combo cards where you need to play a card from the other color first. And then if you play a card from the your second deck later, then it has a combo effect and it, it becomes like more powerful. Or maybe you can't even play that card until you do something from the other deck. And so there's stuff in there that I think is is neat. Um, but I, I, I feel like I need to play a lot more of it to sort of see how deep it goes because there was stuff in there where i'm like i'm not really sure like where the roguelite stuff sort of fits into it at this point because it's kind of hard to gauge with a snapshot of a demo um and being like how does it really affect cards later on because i know there's stuff in there where you can get upgrades and it sort of modifies your cards um 
but that doesn't really stick for the next run. It's just that particular run. Uh, but at the same time, I'm earning, I'm earning like a experience, um, experience points that are unlocking extra cards for me. And so, yeah, it, it's, it's very hard to, in a roguelike game, be like, I've played two hours and I'm not really sure like how different the game will be yeah. like 10 hours in once you've had a lot of time to sort of build up the roguelite aspects of, of these types of games and get an understanding how it plays. But I think it's an interesting combat uh, concept. Um, as someone who didn't play a lot of like Slay the Spire, um, it'd be, it's that's probably the one game I'd sort of put it up against because I don't think it's, like I wouldn't say it's much like Monster Train. It's um, Looking purely at the, because- the, I think the art style is very Slay the Spire. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's got a great art style, um, and it looks really cool. But uh, I don't know. Slay the Spy to me was very minimalistic. I feel like <laughs> with the art style. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. But I think the character design in both these games looks similar. I don't know something sure. about it. I'm not artistic yeah, yeah. enough to say um, exactly what it is that's linking it in my brain. But yeah. It, to me, it's it's a sort of like a mix between Monster uh, Monster Train and, and uh, Slay the Spire in terms of it's the way it plays and its character designs. I think the, the actual character designs are more in line with Monster Train. Like there's stuff in this game that I was like, that looks like a character from Monster Train. Um, <laughs> so just like yeah. weird vibes of that. But um, in terms of... Like it, nothing about it really was blowing me away. Being like, "Oh, this is fucking insane!" Like this is really cool. It's just kind of like, "Yeah, this is all right. I I, I dig it." Um, I just kind of want to play more and get a feel for it and see like what it turns out to be like as a roguelite, as opposed to just a card game. Because that's where I think it, it could get a bit more interesting. Um, so yeah. Anyway, you never got a chance to check this one out yet. Unfortunately, I didn't. Uh, I mm. kind of wish I had. Okay. Could have been playing this instead of Magic. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It sounds really interesting. I've uh, I've wish listed it. I'm very keen to see where it goes. Uh, yeah, I, I'm loving the new trend uh, of of you know these deck building roguelikes. I think it's uh, mm. it's a great a great way to like just engage players. And like I said, yeah, uh, I, I can't play card games in verses anymore. Unless I'm versed in a computer, so yeah. But I do like my card games. I mean, like for me, hopefully it starts to explain a bit better some of the systems that are in there, like the yeah. the mana system, and like how do I get more mana? Um, like, is that something that I get through the leveling up system, or is it always I've got four mana and that's all I can use the entire game? Because uh, there were some cards where you'd play a card and be like, hey, if you play this. Um, like the combo thing if you play this white card and then you play this red card the red card it won't be two two mana it'll be one mana instead um but if you play it without playing the white card then it's two mana and so right like that that sort of stuff i can understand that's cool but like yeah. how do i get more mana and how do i level my, my characters more and yeah there's like a skill tree system in there and and that sort of stuff and some sort of like um, power system attached to each character and i couldn't really figure out how that worked so there's like stuff in there that i'm still a bit iffy about but it, it seems like a cool idea um just see if it gets executed as well as some of these these ideas are so yeah anyway um 
It sounds like it's going to be not too far off. Like the date that they've got in uh, Steam is June. So yeah, yeah, a couple more months. But yeah, we'll see how that one goes. It's got Roguebook. Uh, you could maybe if they do like another demo before it's released, I would assume they do something like that if it's already it's already something in their pocket. But keep an eye out for it, especially if you're a uh, Magic Gathering fan because um it's the same dude so there you go sure cool um some other stuff that i did check out during this um steam summer fest demo thing that they did was builder simulator which is another simulator game uh but this one is you building houses um and i think it's like these guys have done other simulator games before. Um, I'm going to try and check what else they've done. Because I saw their, uh, like their publisher page was was like, hey, if you've played this, then you'll like this. Um, so they've done like train station renovation. What? Um, <laughs> from what I can tell. Anyway. Cool. Uh, yeah, it's not very good, um, at least at this stage. It could, mainly technically, like it's got some technical problems that I couldn't overcome, uh, and it looked like that other people on the uh, forums were having issues with. In particular, the frame rate was kind of like broken. Um, it seemed like it was running at twenty frames a second or something, even though it was saying it was running at uh, one hundred and whatever. On my PC, um, people were hearkening to saying that like, oh, this is an existing problem that's happened in like their past games. It like, <laughs> it's just sort of behaved this way in certain aspects. Uh, so that was weird. It's got this like strange motion blur thing that's going on, which doesn't look very good. Um, yeah, and then I was running into problems where, so the tutorial is like basically showing you how to interact with the world and uh, I guess build the foundation of houses. Um, and it's like, hey, you got to put this uh, metal pipes in this certain position. And you're like clicking on things and picking them up and uh, putting these wooden barricades down on the ground. Um, and then I got to the point where I needed to pick up the hose, uh, use the hose in the um, cement mixer. And then I grabbed a bunch of cement, started chucking in cement to this this mixing thing while it's spinning around. And there's a little board on the background that's got like, hey, this is how you make cement. And it's like different types of ratios being like 20% water and 15% sand and 25% gravel and all this sort of stuff. But the tutorial didn't matter. You just kind of chuck chuck the things you needed in there and it would go and start mixing cement. And so you grab the wheelbarrow then, you move the wheelbarrow up next to this, um, this cement mixer and you start like turning the wheelbarrow, uh, sorry, start turning the handle on the cement mixer to like pour it out. But like I hadn't put the wheelbarrow... Uh, close enough and so like half of it is going on the floor and the other half is going into the um the wheelbarrow and uh and so i'm like oh, okay whatever anyway so the, the wheelbarrow fills up with cement and then you start pouring cement into like the foundation of the gaps on the ground and um you got to do this a bunch of times like in order to fill it up so i go back to the cement mixer and then i start pouring the cement back into the wheelbarrow that fills up and then i start wheeling it back into where I need to put all this stuff. And the controls is terrible. Like the way I feel like I should be controlling this wheelbarrow is the way that I would control a car in a driving game. Whereas when I press backwards and right, 
it should like it should loop to the left you know what i mean but sure. it doesn't do that it actually makes me go backwards and right i'm like oh my brain is like not working <laughs> properly uh this feels strange and so anyway i do this like four or five times i'm getting pretty close to finishing my cement uh mixing and and, and placement uh and then i i I get the wheelbarrow next to this cement mixer again and uh and then it gets stuck and I can't move the wheelbarrow anymore and like it's it's just stuck on the ground or something. Uh and so then I quit and stopped playing because I just spent twenty minutes mixing cement and then the wheelbarrow got stuck. So <laughs> that was my experience with Builder Simulator. Uh it's not in a good spot at the moment. Like if that's the demo that they uh, I was a brickie for a couple of weeks, and that's pretty much actually that's actually really realistic. Yeah, uh. <laughs> yeah. Where the wheelbarrow got stuck and everybody went home. You're like, well, fuck it, fuck it, <laughs> I'm done. Can't. It's smoke out time, motherfuckers. I am finished. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, so I, I, uh, I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> I would wait for them to fix what. Like, that's not a good demo to put out. I feel like, and I know I'm not alone because I, I checked the forums afterwards oh. and saw other people complaining about the the movement system and um, uh, the weird frame rate issues and the um, like the motion blur, whatever it is that they've got going on there is kind of weird. But yeah, I don't know. I would uh, that was a bad a bad demo for me to check out. One of the um, only few that I did check out, and it wasn't very good. So. Anyway, um, did you get a chance to play anything during the Steam Summerfest thing? Um, yeah, so I got to play uh, Hidden Deep, the Hidden Deep demo, uh, which is um, a game that I'm really interested in, uh, like very uh, excited to, to play when it fully comes out. Uh, I don't think this, like, mm. is an interesting demo. <laughs> I thought it was uh, a multiplayer game until I, because I, I was going to download it, and I was like, "Oh, you know what? That's the demo I'm good. is not multiplayer, but the game is multiplayer, as far as I'm right. Aware. I'm only interested in playing it as a multiplayer game. Um, yeah. If it's if it's if it winds up being purely single player, I've got zero interest. But I'm ninety percent sure that uh, it's it's actually multiplayer. Uh, it has. Like it's not that it, like it was fun uh, and interesting and like a good weird horror game, um, but yeah, if like, like I think it it needs multiplayer action to keep it being interesting. Uh, right. Hang on, I'm just reading. It seems like co-op mode has been bumped back to. Uh, in development so it looks like it will release <laughs> single player primarily which is a shame like it's it's a it's a horror game a 2d like horror game where you're rolling through this uh this spooky uh underground base investigating mm. stuff and uh it's weird because a lot of its charm is derived from how sort of finicky it controls it's it's very like characters have a lot of weight and momentum to them and so like there's this element of like taking an extra step when you turn around um hmm. that sort of changes the 
the way you interact with your character because you're not this, you know, it's, it's not like fucking Streets of Rage or Contra or some shit where you just instantly flip backwards and forwards. You, like, have to make the turn as you go and, and you've got to, like, think that shit through and, uh, like, make sure, like, there's a lot of decision-making in the process that, uh, like, can result in... Like, I can't tell, but I think it's unintentional comedy. Because um, it's funny as shit. And I don't think it's meant to be funny as shit. I think it's supposed to be spooky. And yet, mm. I was cracking up. Uh, the Like, the way that your characters will fucking die... The it's it's the way because they're these paper doll rag doll like they'll just rag doll, and so like if you like when you're going down a a ledge that is maybe like two people tall, uh, there's a halfway decent chance that you'll just fucking face plant against the wall, and mm. if you if you bump your head you ragdoll and so you just sort of crumple to the ground in this fucking like in this heap and it's fucking hilarious and so because of the way the game controls with like all these precise movements being required and stuff um you have this like situation where you might walk up to the edge and you've got to like climb down this this ledge and then drop yourself down and yeah, it was very common while I was playing uh, for my character to, like, walk up to the edge and instead of, like, lowering himself down, he'd just sort of fucking yeet himself off the fucking edge and then mm. just ragdoll at the bottom. And I would piss myself laughing. It was, like, annoying but also hilarious. And so I wasn't scared. Uh, I was just, it was just this fucking slapstick, uh, like, goofy Three Stooges style fucking uh, underground horror game. And right. so, yeah, I don't, I, I, that's why I think it needs the, the co-op aspect. Because if it's got co-op, then the comedy can be shared. And if it doesn't have co-op... Uh, and it looks like that's been pushed back, uh, mm. then you'll wind up with a game that's supposed to be horror that winds up being just funny most of the time. And if it's not funny, it'll wind up being annoying, and that's probably not ideal. Um, but yeah, it does make me want to play a co-op horror game. We should revisit Phasmophobia. Yeah. Give it a proper proper run. Or the other game, uh, what's the game that looks like Hidden Deep but isn't Hidden Deep? Game that looks like Hidden Deep. Uh, come on. Give me the fucking deets. Come on. It, it reminded me of like, which one? Barrow Trauma. Oh, okay. Like a complex yeah. uh, submarining game with, um, oh, it's in space. It's not submarine. All right. 
Um, <laughs> it looks like a submarine when you're playing it. Um, but yeah, it's like tricky and uh, and funny as shit. And it's got the same sort of movement style and same, actually pretty similar art style. All right, I thought it was yeah. by the same people when it, they first announced it, but it's not. Anyway, yeah, should definitely check that out. Yeah, I mean, I was going to um, until I read that it was like this. And this could be a different game. Maybe I was looking at the wrong game, but I thought it was hidden deep. But it, uh, it was supposed to be like you're moving a team of characters around. Like you weren't just playing one person. You will, I believe, in hidden deep, like move a team of characters around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it seemed a bit like reverse carry on to me. Uh, oh, same yeah. sort of yeah, that's, vibe. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. All right. That is uh, hidden deep. Um, I didn't get a chance to check out too many demos in the Steam Game Festival. I think Nate downloaded all of them. It's like the yeah, sounds of it. He definitely played um, a lot. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's a it's a cool little thing that they put out every once in a while. It's just it's, yeah, like, it's hard like to navigate, like what people are playing. Like, there's no sense of on that page, like what's popular. What are people checking out right now? Like, what is good? Uh, like when you go into the Steam store, you can see like what's the newest game and and how popular it is, and like what are people playing right now. But that's not in this game festival thing. It's just like here's fucking four thousand games and good luck. Yeah, <laughs> here they are. Um, so uh, it'd be good if they had a better curation system, as opposed to just relying on people like Nate who just download all of them and like this one's good and this one's good. Um, uh, like his picks were something. what Glitch Punk, Hot Brass, which I played at PAX a couple of years ago, and we talked about mm-hmm. uh, Anvil, which he says reminds him of uh, Hellbreakers, okay, Hell Divers, yeah. Hell Divers, um, Lunark, uh, which he says is janky as shit yeah um portentia which a post-apocalyptic third person shooter with bad writing and the last stand aftermath okay so yeah um some good ones to keep an eye on i've uh wish i wish listed all of them but i didn't have time at the time to check out the demos yeah. i'd already wish listed hot brass when i played it at pax mm-hmm but yeah, awesome. Yeah. All right, good yeah. stuff. Let's move on there to Idle Slayer. Demos still available, actually. Which one? There are a handful of these demos are still available. I'm just going. Through. Yeah, maybe they just didn't take them off. Yeah, that's, that's, I think that's a pretty good idea. I love the idea of demos making a comeback. Fuck, I love hmm. demo. Demo culture was fucking rad. I understand that for game devs, it was a pain in the dick, but like, yeah, why not? Why not? Cool. Uh, yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, Idle Slayer. Still playing Idle Slayer? Yep. Uh, they made a big change uh, earlier this week. Um, okay. What's the change? alleviate a bunch of the um, the, the problems um, that I was having with it last week, that we were talking about last week. Um, sure. They lowered... The amount of uh, those gases that you need, yeah, 
so you no longer need uh, fires rather you know you need 55,000 or whatever fuck wildfires they lower the amount okay. that you need um, yep. to alleviate that issue um, much other quality of life issues and so yeah it's sort of I don't know. I think it helped a little bit. They may have uh, jumped the gun, or he, Plab, may have jumped the gun uh, on the Ultra Ascension concept. Um, but it's a game that's a work in progress, and I think they did a halfway decent job at, at fixing it. I Ultra Ascended again. Right. Um, to get my UA points up to eight. What um, were you at? Uh, how many million ascension points, whatever it was that you were at? Uh, like I don't know. I was I was fucking I don't know five k into the kill fifty five thousand fucking wildfires, and I'm like, oh, I'm yeah. just gonna I'm just gonna ultra ascend again. I don't give a fuck. Um, <laughs> the man like they either either they fix this soon or people stop playing. So, and I was correct. They fixed it. So. Mm-hmm. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm still playing it. Um, I'm not sure where I'm at. I think I'm like 15 uh, million, somewhere around that. Ascension, CPS. You haven't, you, um, you haven't you ate again? Uh, no, no, I haven't even unlocked it. <laughs> Just been unlocking other stuff right. at this stage. Yeah. Surely, um, 15 million, surely you've unlocked a couple of extra points. Maybe. I, I just haven't clicked on... Because you've got to unlock the thing to ascend, right? Of course. I'm pretty sure. Yep. And I'm just like, I oh, can't be bothered. It doesn't tell you, I don't think, unless you unlock um, that skill. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, just quickly, God of War. Oh. Uh, um, the We talked about this last week, the new PlayStation 5 patch, which uh, brings it up to... 4k 60 frames per second um uh yeah it's good <laughs> like it's got a war right it, they, like it feels like the way you're supposed to play that game was yeah um 60 frames per second because they had that that uh, extra mode out on the playstation 4 that was like 60 uh, fps and also you could do the 4k but it was running at 30 um yeah, the way that combat system behaves, it feels like you should be playing it at 60. And that's going to be an issue, if I think, going forward, is that uh, those sort of action games, if they're not 60, now that people have had the taste for it on on consoles at least, yeah. it's going to be hard to go back, right? Um, so it's going to be cool to see or interesting to see what they do going forward with that, that series. But yeah, if people haven't checked it out, definitely play God of War. Um, on PlayStation 5. Super easy to jump back into. Like I, I was I'd already started like a second run on that and I just kind of jumped into an area. Um I played for like five hours or something. I was just like, okay, I guess we're playing God of War tonight. <laughs> and just fucked around in it for a while. Yeah, um awesome. so I don't know. If I get some more free time I I'll I'll jump back in and keep going through. But uh yeah that that's an excellent game man. That the audio in that game in particular yeah. is bonkers. My uh because I was playing in my my living room with my surround sound uh, on, uh, which is how I usually play it, unless I've got my headphones on. Um, but like my wife was working on her computer and like came over to talk to me, and um, 
there was some dialogue happening in the game. Yeah. And she fucking freaked out because she thought someone was like talking to next to her in the wall or something. She's like, <laughs> yeah, because just the audio was, was that good. Nice. Because uh, it kind of bounces around the room and that sort of thing. So, yeah, anyway, let's go to war. Um, awesome, awesome stuff. Next up. Cool. Dead by Daylight. Brand new patch dropped uh, yesterday. The, uh, I guess they call it like a mid, mid-season mid patch. Uh, this one has some big changes in it. In particular, the uh, HUD layout was one of the bigger interesting changes that it decided to do. And I talked about this a couple of weeks back, um, the stuff that they put out in the initial video. Um, I didn't think looked very good. Uh, they've now rolled it out. I still don't think it's very good. Um, <laughs> I've seen people aren't happy about it. Yeah. I mean, this is a, to me, this is a process problem in their design, uh, right. in the development team. Um, Cause they've got this uh, player test build PTB server running for uh, these sorts of patches um, where they roll the, the, the update out there and they get a bunch of feedback uh, and then they make changes according to feedback. The issue is that they're having is that, <laughs> it's taking like three weeks for them to get past cert on all these platforms because this game runs on like um, everything from PC to Switch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so it's got crossplay, and so they're needing to do all this cert stuff, which takes like three weeks. And by the time that's all done, like it's too late. <laughs> like they're just fucking pushing it out. They're like, all right, it's. Here we go. It's done. Yeah. Um, there was a question that I saw in their live stream that day. It was like, what's the point of having the P2B then if mm. you guys aren't going to fix these changes for the launch of the patch? And their uh, answer was that it's so that we don't have to wait another three weeks to get this stuff rolled out. Like we've got a three-week head start basically now. Um, and I think that's the wrong way of looking at it. Personally, I think that um, they shouldn't be on these deadlines. Like they should be testing this uh, like – I don't know, a month and six weeks in advance, um, getting that or, or like further seven weeks in advance, getting that couple of weeks of, of uh, feedback from the community, trying to make th- some of those changes because obviously it's, some of this stuff is not going to come out in time, but at least they're then looking at, you know, th- they've got a bit of a head start. They've got a month to start working on things, but because at this point, it's I feel like it's too late. Like this, this all these problems are going to be around for another month now. Yeah. Um, and so that sucks. So the the new HUD layout, I don't like it at all. Um, the way they've changed it, like there's some really good ideas in there, but I'm not a designer. I should, I feel like I should be because I would have picked up on this stuff so quickly. Um, just this stuff, it's everywhere. Uh, the as a killer's perspective, um, uh, Dead by Daylight, asymmetrical multiplayer game we talk about all fucking time if you haven't heard about it go check it out it's awesome um but the killer perspective they're hard they basically have their abilities in one corner um which are the bottom right so all their perks and stuff um and then on the bottom left what used to be in this location was the survivor names um their status so whether they've been hit injured downed hooked um that sort of stuff and then also like your uh anything that was attached to like your abilities. So each character in the game has special abilities and that would show up down the bottom left as well, including how many generators have been done, 
the survivors need to finish five generators and then try and escape the map. And that indicator was down there. They've now moved everything. Um, the survivor icons are now on the top left. Uh, they've done a really good job of showing you who each player is now. So there's a little character next to um, the person's name. So it'll be like, here's a picture of Meg and here's their name and here's their status. That stuff is cool because it used to be just a generic fucking head. Um, so now you can see who is who. And I think that's great. Um, they've put in a uh, like a hook, hook counter for the killer. So it shows you your progress, which is a good addition. That's in the middle of the left-hand side of the screen. The generator icon has been moved to the top middle. Um, and then on the far right-hand side, top right, is where your score indicators are. And uh, they've made that smaller. Um, and I don't like that either. So like, they've yeah. just, they've done like a half, maybe not even a half good job, but like there's some cool ideas in there. The hook stuff is great. The uh, character portraits of each survivor is really good. Um, but then they've changed the statuses. They look, they don't look very good. They're hard to distinguish like who's been hit, who hasn't been hit. It's very hard to see um, the different states, I guess. And then by moving them, like everything is now, you're looking everywhere now to get information as opposed to looking at the bottom left of the screen and being like, I've got this many generators done, this many people I've injured or hooked or whatever. Like now you're looking in three different parts of the screen every time, including the bottom right to see when your spells, your perks have been activated and all that sort of stuff. Um, so my my suggestion would be to take that stuff that you got, chuck it back down the bottom left, make some of those state icons a bit more clearer, um, fix them up a little bit. And I think that's in a good spot. Uh, like, also, yeah, I'm just thinking like, that is what I would change. I don't like, I don't like know the, how it got to that point. <laughs> like there is like a, like for players, right? It's such a weird, mm. weird change because uh, there's a way that players like as you learn the game, you learn to read, scan information, yeah, right, and like so, a lot of the information that you get becomes like not even not active viewing; it's peripheral, right? And so, changing where it is in the periphery removes like alters how you play right like it's such a weird fucking change to just do like that like hmm. that's so odd what a, yeah. yeah and it's the type of thing where like as i'm playing as a killer I, I can quickly glance at the bottom left and be like okay four generators two people are hooked or something like that yeah like if i or like sorry four two people are damaged or been injured or something like like a really quick way for me to get information now in the current state, I've got to look at the bottom left, then I've got to look at the middle top screen, and then I've got to look at like the the top left, and then also the top right. If like one of my skills have been activated, it's just everywhere. Um, and so they need to clean that up. I think that there's some uh, some good ideas there. Um, like they've put in UI HUD scaling, which is cool. That needs to be fixed up a little bit. I think some of the UI elements are still too small. It's very hard to read. Like if somebody's on the hook, how much along the like line are they? Because there's different stages of it. And so how much are they, health have they lost? So um, 
Anyway, I just for me personally, I just don't understand how this got in a like how it was released in this state. Uh, if it wasn't ready to be put out, then they shouldn't have put it out. But the fact that it was put out means that this was approved somewhere, and that's kind of worrying. Yeah. Um, because it's shit. Anyway, shit. Uh, some other stuff that they've done is they've done a map overhaul for um, Gideon Meat Plant and the Asylum. The Gideon Meat Plant is the uh, the store, Saw movie themed oh, yeah. map. Yeah. Um, they've heavily favored this in for Survivors now. They've basically reworked it. Put right uh, for for Asylum. Asylum. They've uh, put a lot of obstacles in the outside area. Um, a lot more pallets. Um, very hard for some of the other killers in the map. So if you're playing like a, uh, who's someone who needs a big open area, like Hillbilly, who his ch- like charges up a chainsaw, does like long distance runnings. A lot of places now for survivors to sort of hide. And if they're out in the open, they've got plenty of locations to, to get away. Um, I, didn't, I haven't played Asylum yet. I've watched a bunch of streamers. That's just something I took note of as I was watching. I was like, this looks not good. Um, the one that I did play is the Gideon Meat Plant. I must have played that like eight times yesterday. I reckon 80% of the games I had was on this map. I All think right. they've chucked it in like high rotation or something. Yep. Um, the, f- the very first time I played it, I was like, oh, this is broken. Like they've broken something. It's legit broken. Because I was like, why are there... I must have broken like 20 something pallets um so the pallets are what the survivors use to sort of get some distance between you and the uh and they, the killer chasing them but yep. there was like pallets everywhere uh like there's sometimes like two or three in the one room and then i they go to the next room there's like two or three again i'm like have they just spawned like every single fucking pallet and, and this wasn't like a um something where i was like oh this is the second game in i know this is like halfway through the first game i was like either this guy is a god or something is broken like something is done <laughs> uh, and then i got into the second round like i played another game of that got the same map again yeah. and there was still the same amount of pallets i was like this is this is broken <laughs> like you've you fucked this map now i jumped back into like the, what the community was saying and everyone's like is this supposed to be this many pallets like what is what is going on with this map um so it seems like they've heavily favored survivors on on those two maps. I think they'll get changed very soon because uh, it's it's not not in a good spot at the moment. It's pretty pretty bad. Um, <clears throat> and then just some like glitchy things. I had one point where I couldn't pick up survivors or interact with anything. It turns out there is a fix for that. You just alt tab, um, which is good to know. I didn't know that at the time. Um, okay. But just some other weird finicky bugs that have gone on because I guess the biggest one at the moment is they've changed the locomotion system, the way the characters move, uh, the animation sets and that sort of thing. And there is some sort of desync thing happening at this stage where uh, because they're on dedicated servers, killers are like able to just destroy survivors from a really far away range. Um it, right. it looks like it's on the survivor side and not the killer side because I haven't had any hits where I'm like, oh, that was, I shouldn't have hit that. Right. But I've been watching a lot of um, streamers. I've kind of just had it on in the background. And the guys that are playing as survivors, like they are getting hit from fucking far away. Uh, so it, it seems like it's something to do with either the desync or this new animation set which is busted. Um, I've had issues where 
the only time I've sort of noticed it is where the player has thrown like a pallet down and it's like warped me to the other side of the pallet and I've hit them. Um, that's bad because yeah. I hit the player and also I'm on the other side of the pallet now and the only way for them to get away is to go back over the pallet um, and they generally don't have enough time to do that. So I then just double hit them. So that's um, something that needs to be fixed pretty pretty soon. But that's kind of like the one thing that I've noticed in terms of um, uh, that's going on with this new locomotion system. I haven't really played it as a survivor yet, but the general consensus seems to be pretty mixed. Um, it could be just one of those things where people just kind of have to get used to it, uh, yeah. the look of it. Because they're saying that the movement hasn't changed. It's just the animation sort of blending is different right. now. They've made it a bit more smoother. Um, Doesn't sound like Which that. is, <laughs> yeah, we'll have to see. Uh, played a bit of the new Clown. Um, they've given him a second bottle. So Clown is able to throw these bottles. Uh, one is a tonic, the other one's an antidote. The um, tonic uh, creates a gas cloud. Anybody that's in that gas cloud who's a survivor um, is affected by it and it slows them down and um, causes them to cough and all this sort of stuff for a couple of seconds. And so they've buffed him by giving him a uh, three-second reload, which used to be five seconds, um, depending on what sort of add-ons you take in the game with you. It depends on uh, maybe how many uh, bottles you can take. I think by default, it's like four. I think it's by four by default. So once you run out of those bottles and you recharge them, that takes three seconds. Uh, but they've added a second bottle in there, which you can... Uh, tap an action button between and this antidote button uh lets you throw out another bottle it explodes and after two and a half seconds the uh antidote activates and if you run through that area it gives you a 10 percent boost for about five or six seconds and um makes you run quicker the thing is that if a survivor runs through it they also get that boost so you've got to kind uh. of play it in the correct way um and make sure that you'd don't put in an area, I guess, where a survivor can run through. If you throw that bottle down and it hits and lands and then you switch back to the other the other tonic uh, and throw a bottle next to it, it sort of deletes them both. It cancels them out. So you've got to be really careful where you're putting this stuff. You can't just put them on top of each other and, and that sort of thing. And also the bottles will, um, like if you're using the antidote or the tonic, it's sort of decreasing your, your bottle. Uh, they're not like separate counters. Um, so that... I don't know. It's an interesting change to him. Um, it gives him a bit more move, uh, movement going from one area to another. Uh, have to sort of see how that changes the meta as as people keep playing it and figuring out like how how much uh, other things they can do with it. Um, Trapper played a little bit of Trapper. He got a change. Um, uh, we were talking about like pseudo random chance before with Dota. This they're doing something. A little bit similar here, not really. Um, the way the trapper works is you would put a bear trap down and if somebody stepped on that bear trap, they would then go down to the injured state and the survivor would need to try and escape. And they would do that by uh, just hitting the action button. And it, it takes about uh, just under two seconds to get out of a trap. And there was a 25% chance of you successfully getting out of that trap. Um, random... Sometimes it would take people one chance. Other times it would take them 12 chances. Like they'd yeah. be there trying to get this bear trap out, right? And sometimes that 25% chance is never hit. And yeah. so what they've done now is they've changed it to a 16% chance. Uh, and each time that you don't successfully do it, I think the chance increases, but also uh, there's a maximum of six attempts. So if you don't get that 
chance on the sixth time, you'll automatically get out, which is uh, yeah, good chance. Uh, sorry, a good change because I've I've had games where I play trapper. Yeah. And I'll trap someone, and sometimes, like, like fucking forty seconds later, they're still sitting there trying to get out of this bear trap, and I'm like, I'm That's not rough. even coming, dude. I'm chasing this other person. Yeah, um, that, that would thing. be demoralizing as a survivor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the other change they made to one of the uh, killers, I guess, mostly these are killers because I, I mainly <laughs> play killer. Um, but I think this is where they buffed uh, killers and sort of buffed the survivors on those two maps. Um, the Wraith, uh, good change here. He's he's uh, able to cloak, um, but they've changed his cloak. So he's in visibility predator mode, whatever you want to call it. it means that um, he can no longer be seen from like 20 meters away. So he's completely invisible. Um, before that used to be like line of sight. If somebody could see his weird predator mode from a distance, then you'd know he's sort of around somewhere. But now he's he'll be completely visible from a certain... Uh, 20 meters which is a good change mm-hmm. um he now gets a uh increased extra bit of boost when he uncloaks generally when he like decloaks he'll get a, a speed boost which is cool um one of the other things that i saw is that they've also included that speed boost on um uh breaking pallets so if you're cloaked and you want to break a pallet you'll get that speed boost now as well from doing that before it used to be just like he would decloak and then break the pallet and you wouldn't get anything so it sort of adds on uh to it there so i don't know i think it's a another good buff for him because you don't see him a lot i i play him every once in a while but um you know one of the original killers people sort of figured him out a little bit so gives him a bit more of a reason to use um but otherwise they're the main changes that i've sort of come up against um, there's some other, you know, bits and pieces in there, but otherwise, like I think it's a good update. Just they need to sort out their uh, their process of rolling these patches out because this is the second patch in a row where they've had major issues that have plagued <laughs> plagued it, and uh, it's taken them uh, a little while to fix. Like th- those problems that were in the last update with the the new character, um, they fixed all that stuff. That's cool. It works really well now. They're a lot of fun to play, but it it shouldn't have been in there at launch. Um, it shouldn't have taken them that long to fix. And I think that this is going to be something very similar. They they've said they're aware of it. Obviously, they are aware of it because it's been the in the test build for weeks and weeks and weeks. But the the problem is they're rolling these updates out with those issues in them, and that's causing uh, like huge problems for players. So. Yeah, it's crap. It sucks. It's they just need a like I don't know if they were on like deadlines where they're being forced to do this stuff, like get them out in time, right? Um, like just push the deadlines back or something, right? Like just yeah, because yeah, clearly the crossplay situation is what's what's making it too grand a challenge. So mm. yeah, I mean the the cost, like check it out on Steam. They're getting fucking slammed in recent Steam reviews. Are they? Yeah. Yeah. Um like seven hundred and fifty five negative reviews on the tenth of February. Yeah, it's so today. Yeah. Um like yeah. It can't it can't be good. Nobody like nobody likes to see a, a game go to mostly positive um for recent reviews. That's never good for a game. Like it just yeah. doesn't it's it's not a good look. They should. I mean, you you look at this now. Like, I'm looking at these reviews, and like, 
three and a half thousand hours, not recommended. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah like, exactly. Here's a list. Thousand <laughs> hours, yeah, not recommended. Blah, blah, blah. 2,000 hours. Yeah, three and a half thousand, twelve hundred hours, et cetera, et cetera. People who've played the game a shit ton are saying, I don't think you should get into this game at the moment. Like, I think that's a pretty big deal. You'd be surely better off to just halt, like, delay a patch, miss a deadline to, yeah, to do it, to get it in later. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I'm hoping this stuff gets fixed soon. Like the, I think the biggest one that needs to be sorted out is this, uh, latency or whatever, like desync yeah. thing that yeah. is going on. Cause it's just gonna, like you, you, you can't play it as like, as a killer, it seems fine. But as a survivor, mm. the stuff that I've seen is fucking anus. It's, it's ridiculous. It's like people nowhere near you, like three, like three hit lengths behind getting hit and it just, you can't play that way because you just don't know how far like you should be running or throwing a pallet down or anything like that. It's, um, yeah, it sucks. It's broken as far as I'm concerned. So anyway, yeah. hopefully it gets fixed soon because it's uh, I'm I'm still playing like hours and hours of that every night at this stage. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, should we keep going? Uh, next up, we've got uh, Spirit Ferrer. Um, this is available on Game Pass at the moment. And so I thought I would check it out because I've heard some uh, some really good things about it, yep. especially at uh, Game of the Year discussions and that sort of thing towards the end of last year. Um, so yeah, if you have Game Pass, obviously you can check this out. It is a a two D um, like management adventure game, <laughs> um, like sim management where you're playing a character who is on this um, boat, giant boat, uh, in the, I guess, the afterlife. And their job is to ferry around these spirits and uh, sort of guide them through their death or their afterlife in death. Um, So so you're meeting all these characters who it seems like um, in some way, one or another, have a connection to yourself um, so characters that you uh, knew in your life uh, and you go around completing tasks for them. And as you progress through their story, uh, eventually you then send them off to the um, their next stage, I guess. Uh, so it, it's, I mean, it's a game about death pretty much. It's a very heavy topic um, with a, uh, like the art style is fantastic. It's this like 2D, almost like hand-drawn sort of art style to it. Um, it looks really good. And uh, the main hook of it is completing these tasks, uh, creating these new things on your boat, their buildings and different types of stuff you can go and do, um, like cooking stations and beds for people, um, create, creating like... Uh, uh, a, a, like places where you're able to do blacksmithing or uh grow trees or grow crops and all this like there's tons and tons of different stuff that you can do on this boat and it's it's this slow escalation of unlocking more and more blueprints and building this boat bigger and bigger and bigger while completing tasks for all these characters you run into as the spirit pharaoh and um 
yeah, and just like progressing through this story. I think it's a it's a, like it's an excellent game. Um, I've had a lot of fun with it. I guess considering the sort of topics that it does cover, yeah. um, like it's a very addictive management game where you're like going and getting all these different resources and then bringing them back to your boat and then building this new thing and then learning how to use that and then going uh looking for more resources because that as you're going along on this boat you're discovering uh new locations in this world that is all hidden around you um Mm. and you can't really see too far around again this is like fog in the area and you go to a new location that sort of reveals a little bit more and more um or you get tasks given to you by these characters and that'll send you off into a new uh, place you go have to go and visit um and then there are sometimes barricades like there'll be uh, sections that are covered in icebergs and your ship can't get past that area unless you upgrade your ship to be able to get past icebergs. And so there's these gated off sections that you can't explore until your ship is upgraded enough to to go out there and, and do some of these things. Um, so there's a sense of a lot of progression in there. Uh, but for the most part, it is this like management game where you're sh- – shipping around all these characters and getting to know all these characters that you're bringing onto your boat to live with you um, while you complete their tasks and then uh, eventually like say goodbye to them. Um, Like I said, I think it is an excellent game, but there are a lot of issues that I think I see in this. In particular, I I feel like it is very tedious and um, maybe it's too long. Uh, I've played a lot at this stage. I feel like I've played like 30 hours of this so far. Yeah. Uh, I think it's it needs um, it needs to be not that long. Like I feel like it's been padded quite a bit. And that could be because I don't think it does too good of a job sometimes of telling you what you should be doing next. Uh, there are quests that you can go out and do. Um, and there are like side quests and then other things like there's a couple of different lists of quests that you can do there's like the main quest side quest and then they're called shenanigans the third one um but sometimes you don't really get a good grasp of the order you should be doing these things in because sometimes they'll be gated behind like you need 15 of these things you're like i've never heard of that before like what is this thing that i need um and it's just like do i do i just keep exploring and eventually i'll find that or is that somewhere else in another area that I can't get to yet and like which order do I do all of this stuff in it just kind of it, it kind of gets a bit uh convoluted and uh confusing um and relying on <laughs> guides a bit like there's been a bunch of times where I've been like I have no idea what that is what is that thing that I need you're asking me to get and where do I get it and then looking at guides and being like I don't know what this, this person is talking about this is insane um that's happened a couple of times. Like the, the most recent one was this, uh, this item that I needed and I was looking at this thing that I needed and, and I didn't know what it was, where to get it on the map, anything. And so I looked it up on a guide and they're like, oh, you need to get it from this thing. And I'm like, what the fuck is that thing? Like, where is this thing? What is that from? Like, oh, you get that from this character. And I'm like, who's that character? I don't <laughs> even know who that is. And then going and having like three steps before that, finding out like, oh, this is how you get this character. I'm like, that is how you get that? I would never have got, like, I'd still be sitting here if I didn't have a fucking guide. Like, it'd take me years to figure that out. And it was something simple as like, you can do fishing in the game. Um, 
and I haven't done fishing for a very long time because I've felt like I've had no need to because uh, I've got like a lot of crops and I can like I've got so much food that I can feed people and all that sort of thing like I haven't had to do fishing for ages and the thing that I needed to get this character was I needed to do some fishing after I hit a certain checkpoint and then it would give me that thing I just didn't yep. know I needed to do that thing like it was like a chain yeah. of events that would eventually unlock it um so I have event like today I think it was today I did it yeah I went and did the fishing got it first go got the character, built them the thing they needed, and then eventually got to the stuff, like the resources that will allow me to progress further. But I think that's where the game starts to fall apart is that you get sort of lost in this convoluted thing that it asks you to do. And you don't really know how to get to that point because sometimes it will just not show you a quest marker or like this is where you need to go um, type thing. Uh so yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like it could have done a better job of signposting some of that stuff and just making it a bit clearer as to how to go from the next step that you need to do in this quest line. Yeah. Um, but apart from that, that's sort of the one tedious thing that keeps popping up where I'm like, I don't really know how to solve this problem you're asking me about. But uh, like I've said, there's a lot of exploring, getting new like abilities and and uh, platforming abilities because most of it is just exploring and platforming and, and gathering resources but it sort of dishes it out quite slowly to you so you get to an area and it's like oh, i don't know how to get to that point and eventually you come back to it because you've got the new ability that allows you to double jump or uh you know get to a certain point that you previously couldn't so it does that quite a bit um but anyway like i, I think it's a really cool game um it just needs i feel like the pacing is the biggest problem that it does have because everything else in it is really well done. Uh, I just don't know if it needs to be a 35. I don't know. Like, I feel like at this stage, it's going to be like a 40 hour game to me. Uh, and if you played this game and it was your game of the year, and then you complained about like the, the one game that I saw last year, people complaining about was the last of us part two saying that that was too long. Right. Uh, if you're saying that last of us is too long, but you like spirit Pharaoh, I'm not listening to you anymore. You've, you've lost your credibility. And, <laughs> any of that sort of stuff because right. this game is fucking long uh, <laughs> and the story is nowhere near as good the good thing is that like nowhere near as um, good shut up the um, <laughs> it's all like speech bubbles and you can sort of press yep. the button and alright I'm reading quickly I, like, I can read pretty quickly most of the stuff is very short sentences like uh like six words uh and then you skip to the next bubble like i can read that pretty quickly Mm. Uh, so i'm always just mashing mashing the button and reading um so yeah that that stuff is good um yeah anyway it like if you've not played spirit fairer it's it's on game pass um it's a very different style of game indie game but it reviewed pretty well and was on a lot of uh game of the year lists I, I agree with most of the stuff I guess people have are saying about it. I didn't I don't know if people are saying the pacing is different or, or not as good, but yeah. that's just my probably biggest criticism of it. Um and there's just stuff in that that I think is you know, it'll affect a lot of people, I feel like. People that have, have lost people in their lives, um, mm. that sort of thing. Because that's the one thing that it, it sort of relies heavily on is learning about these characters, uh, getting familiar with them and then like saying goodbye to them and that sort of thing. Um, there's this cat in the game. I'm pretty sure it's going to kill this cat at the end of the game. Like, I'm, yeah, it's not going to be a good time for me at least once we get to that spot. Because it is this cat is following you around everywhere 
in this game. And I'm like, yeah. they're going to kill the fucking cat, aren't they? They're going to kill this cat. They better not. <laughs> they better not. Yeah. You don't want to see what happens when you kill that that person's cat. Don't set him off. Don't set him off. Um, <laughs> yeah. My um, wife has it- played and finished Spirit Pharaoh. Oh, really? Um, yeah. How, how many days did it take her? Oh, she played for Weeks. fucking ages. Ages. Yeah. Uh, she got it because she was looking for something when she'd run out of shit to do in Stardew Valley. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. This is the same sort of vibe. Yep. Yeah. And uh, so she got this to fill that void, I guess. And uh, yeah, she enjoyed it, but uh, I don't... I don't think she had the same criticisms as you. She did. I think she did burn out before she finished it. She was mm-hmm. like, oh, I know what I need to do to finish now, but it's just a lot. Mm. I think, but like eventually she went back and, and did it anyway, uh, yeah. just to get to the end. And yeah. sometimes I wonder if that is um, like these issues that I see is because I play so many games that yeah when the, the game is telling me to do something i'm like yep i got it easy let's go next next yeah. next and i just get just through it so quickly that once it tells me like go do this other thing i'm like okay how do i do that like <laughs> i don't get it whereas everybody else is like i'm gonna be fishing yeah and i'm like but yeah. i don't need to fish i've got all this other shit that i've fucking gamed like yep. look at all my plants that are growing all these crops and eh, don't need don't need to fish anymore well it, you know the normal person is like, I'm going to catch some fish today and feed yeah. it to my my crew. Yeah. I don't know. Um. Anyway, yeah, it's cool. So uh, you can check that out. Like I said, uh, it, it's definitely not going to be for everybody. So yeah, beware, <laughs> beware. Um. All right, what else do we have here? I think it's the last game on the list. Is it Valheim? Yes, Valheim. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. A million uh, copies sold. Million co- copies sold in its first week, which is fucking massive. Um, this game is, I reckon, it's well, fucking amazing. Honestly, all right. Before we get there, okay. we we got given a code. We did. <laughs> Just get that we out of the not, way. We were not part of the million sales. Uh, we were provided a code uh, by the publisher. Um, yeah. Just to be clear, anyway, um, it is a survival game. With a Viking theme, uh, third person, you, it's it's a classic survival style game, um, survival horror. If we want to get into that uh, that weird grey area, I keep talking about about how survival games are actual survival horror games, and horror games mm-hmm. are absolutely not survival horror. Anyway, um, yeah, uh, you wake up on this oh it starts off with some fucking crow dropping you on an island and then you wake up and the crow takes like, i think it's longer than the half-life opening that island <laughs> <drop>. <laughs> goes for ages it is it is a bit of i a, was i was like do i need to press a button like what is going on <laughs> i was i was thinking the same thing yeah yeah um <laughs> yeah anyway uh you get in wake up and and this crow basically tells you hey you gotta survive you've been you've been dropped here because odin's interested in how you'll fucking handle this place Mm -hmm. so see what you can do and uh and then 
that's it. You survive. You open, you know, you start off by punching trees, Minecraft style, and then you, As you do. pick up some rocks and make an axe and chop down trees, make a house, make a fire, mm-hmm. make a workbench, uh, and smash cut to 25 hours later and you're sailing on a longship, uh, desperately avoiding death by mosquito. Um, or plumbing the depths of crypts in swamps and uh, parrying a dozen undead Vikings at once and feel like a fucking gangster and hunting woolly mammoths and all this kind of stuff. Uh, I think it's phenomenal. I think they've done a fucking fantastic job. Um, it does this really good job of balancing... Like, there's a balancing act, I think, that we don't, you know, really um, look at too much with uh, with survival games. Uh, but there's a balancing act that is very tricky in every game. Like, if we imagine it like a triangle, every game sort of exists somewhere different in that triangle. And it's between three points, obviously, because that's how triangles work. And, uh, yeah, it's between, like, survival crafting and adventure and i think if we were to look at a game like um spirit right mm-hmm. uh it would be if like the triangle would ha- it would sit like i don't know i haven't played it but i would based on what i watched of my wife playing it i would say it would sit quite close to the crafting tip on the adventure side with very mm. little survival, it didn't seem like there was there's much. N- there's no survival, right? Right. So I mean, you're, you're you're feeding characters and that sort of thing, but I don't think they can. I mean, they're already dead, right? So yeah, right. <laughs> I think they can die. I think it just uh, you're building like a happiness meter on them, yeah, and that sort of thing, or like building them houses. That's about as survival that goes. So on the triangle, that would sit all the way across on that side of the triangle. Meanwhile, something like say Subnautica, I would say. Sits very it's like, outside the triangle. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's over on. I would say it's over on the survival side mm, of that yeah. triangle, uh, while still being closer to the center than a lot of games because you know exploration is obviously important, crafting is important. I would say if Subnautica was anywhere, it would be the, you know, the survival exploration biased side with survival being the most prescient part of that triangle and crafting being sort of downplayed because it's not as important as those two other points, but still present, still present enough to drag it up from, drag it away from the the side, you know? And the forest, right? Uh, I would say survival actually doesn't play that big a role in the forest, uh in the sense that survival being uh staying alive from like if we were to to define survival as the threat of death from the failure to manage basic living Mm -hmm. elements food water oxygen in subnautica's case stuff like that i would say that the forest doesn't prioritize survival all that much uh i would say exploration and it would be mostly exploration if anything um with a little bit of the other two you know and i think that triangle 
dictates, you know, if you can work out which game in the triangle you like the most, you would be you'd best be able to work out what other games you will enjoy. And I think Valheim sits on a crafting biased version of the same sort of realm as the forest. It might be even less survival focused than the forest because you can live without, like you don't need to eat uh, in Valheim. You don't, like you should because it dramatically impacts your health pool and stamina, but you don't need to, you will not perish if you go hungry or you don't sleep or whatever. And so I think it's a very, um, so, you know, I think that's probably why I've uh, attached to Valheim quite quickly because I think it reminds me a lot of the same things that the forest did really well. Um, I think it's got a, a more emphasis on crafting, uh, which I think I don't love um, because I th that's probably Valheim's biggest drawback is that I feel like um, the, the crafting loop is perhaps a little too dragged out, too drawn out. But it's hard to tell because I've been I, I have been playing mostly on servers with other people, and so it's almost like that Subnautica thing, right? Where you wonder if the resources are geared towards a single person, and so when there's multiple people sharing those resources, it drags the the loop out. Uh, I don't know that that's the case. I do feel like we've got enough probably for at least two people to consistently upgrade their shit, uh, to consistently go to the next tier of gear. But uh, yeah, we've been playing with like four or five uh, mm -hmm. people all in the same server. And I think- What's that, the, Is the limit like 10, I think I saw? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Um, and once you get to that many people, uh, resources can be scarce, especially when you've got people like- making shit without saying it and like doing <laughs> weird stuff. Um, it changes the landscape of, of how your resources or yeah. how you're- You turn around and you got a thermonuclear reactor and you're like, what is like, we don't need this. We're Vikings. Uh, well, oh, Why so is there necessary. now six of them? <laughs> Why are there six fucking water purifiers? Uh -huh. <laughs> um, yeah. So we've been playing, but like we've been playing co-op and it does- it like works the same way the forest worked to me um, in that like I am loving going back in. I am thinking about the game a lot um, and I'm like eager to explore the next area. Like that's what it is. I think that the forest did so well was it encouraged you to branch out and explore once you had yourself a fairly decent base, Valheim sort of expands on that by encouraging you to have multiple bases and linking those bases together quite easily uh, via a portal system, um, but still requiring resources so that you can't just pop a portal wherever the fuck you are. And, uh, and then doing some other clever things like you can't take metals through portals, which requires some pretty clever uh thinking you know suddenly you're you're in this position where um yeah you you need like oh well we're trying to make 
uh, I've got an, a set of iron armor, right? And if it's turned into armor, you can go through the portal. But if it's raw metal, then you can't take it through. And so peop we've, we've got iron from one location. We need to somehow get it to the rest of the iron or we can't turn it into more armor for us to be able to, to transport it. So we got to, like, you know, there's some creative thinking about how you get around that stuff. Uh, I sort of, I cheated a little bit, I would say, uh, in the sense that I, uh, while we were earlier on, while we were playing, uh, because we're playing on a listen server. Um, so Dr. E3 Money is running the server that we're all playing on and I'm extremely attached to that server at this point. Uh, like we've done a lot of stuff. Uh, we've seen a lot. We've uncovered a bunch of the map. Um, we've killed two of the bosses, all this kind of stuff. I'm extremely attached to what happens in that server. So I cannot just sort of like let go and move mm. to a different server at this point. Um, but uh, at the same time, I felt like we weren't getting enough resources. We didn't have enough, like, um, I guess, like, it was specifically metals and stuff that we were running short on. So what I did was I made, in my own game, with the gear that I had, I made a fairly decent uh, mining outpost on a mm. server that I made myself. I just went uh, straight, beeline straight for that. You travel between the two. <laughs> and yeah, because you carry whatever you've got on you when you log out, when you yeah. log into a different server, you still have on you. I was able to like eject a bunch of resources into the world that uh, I think probably shouldn't have, like, like I said, you could probably call it cheating, but I don't, mm. I don't care that much uh, because, as I said before, I don't know that the resources are particularly balanced, well, balanced particularly well. There's yeah. a it's early access, right? So exactly, so that stuff could know. change. They might, they might chuck in, may respawn at some stage, or who knows? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so we've just been playing. Like, I just, what I really adore about this game is the adventuring, and what I don't care too much about are the survival or crafting aspects. I, I mean, yeah, I think the best, the best uh, example of this is the, the like the difference between like the Doctor E three Drew's Drew server has these like giant villages with like these huge halls that have everything in them that you need and. Uh, We've got like a harbor now, like we carved out. We stood there with pickaxes carving out this water and like next to a pier so that we could park a ship, uh, park two ships actually. There's enough space for two ships uh, in this harbor and like you dump all your stuff and you can like transport goods that way, which is fantastic. Um, that's really cool. It's all fenced off and... Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. And then you go over to my server where I've got my little mining uh, settlement, and it mm. is literally a tower that I came across while I was rolling around um, that was near a large deposit of copper and a large deposit of tin, and I just 
built a fire in it and like to get through this tower is literally like 90% of the challenge is not landing on the fucking fire that I've just haphazardly dumped in one of the areas because I needed a fire for the workbench to work and so that I could uh, so that my character could sleep through the night times and then outside is just literally just forges and uh, charcoal kilns so that I can chop down trees nearby and it's, it's basically like yeah the difference is is wild like there's architectural beauty in Drew's server and my one is sometimes you'll catch fire getting out of bed um mm. just because that's that's how it's set up like I, I just don't give a fuck about cr creating these nice villages and stuff uh it's purely function right pure function over form because i just yeah i don't care to make anything different so I don't care too much about the crafting uh, or the building or anything like that outside of uh, I'm like, I'll do it when Drew is like, oh, let's make a harbor. I'll be like, yeah, sure, let's do it. Fucking crack out the pickaxe. But most of the time it's, yeah, I'm just whatever is most functional. Um, and what I really enjoy is, is the exploration. So we'll wander through these areas uh like trying to find somewhere new we found we, i think we found all the biomes i'm not sure um i'm not sure how many there are in the game but i believe we've found them all uh and two of them have enemy well two of them we die in if anything sees us uh it is extremely dangerous um so we're clearly out level for that stuff uh but at the same time i feel like we've exhausted um the like there's no use in being in the other biomes anymore like if that's probably my biggest criticism of the game is that i feel like um whereas the forest you could sort of just as long as you knew where to find things uh the like the right things i feel like you could probably just belt through the forest right like the the shitty fort that you built at the start of the game is pretty mm. much the same as what you'll have at the end of the game the right? forest not, yeah in the forest yeah right like you've got your walls and mm. way too many cannibals heads on Trophies, sticks and, yeah yeah um because it's not it's not giving you um you're not like discovering recipes or anything like that you kind of just here's the things you got build something with it Hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um and yeah, so like what you've got at the start is what you'll have at the end. Whereas in this, yeah, you, like as you go through, you're unlocking more and more stuff. But once you stop unlocking stuff, once you stop finding stuff to unlock, it feels like you've hit a wall and yeah, I definitely yeah. feel like we've hit that wall in the third biome. And I think that's that's probably my biggest criticism of Valheim. But it's an early access game, and I don't think like I think there's there, well I know there's fuck tons of content in this game already, like loads and loads. Um, they've done a really good job like out of the gate with that sort of stuff. Um, it's more a question of I like they need to tweak the the curve 
the learning curve, uh, the player character learning curve, not the player learning curve, because I found it quite easy and intuitive. Um, everything sort of just makes sense. You know, you put a too low a roof over your fire and you'll get fucking smoked out and die, uh, which is hilarious. Or uh, if you stand in the fire, you'll die. Or if you go into the snow, you'll die. If you spend too long in the water and run out of stamina, you'll die. Hmm. If you stand under a falling tree, you'll die. If a pig gores you <laughs> yeah. to death, you'll die, etc., etc., etc. There are a billion ways for you to die. And uh, they all sort of make sense when they happen or when they happen to someone else. Um, but... Yeah, the player character doesn't learn at the same rate, you know? Like, you wind up in this situation where you're just sort of capped out on a lot of stuff and it's hard to tell what you're supposed to do next to get past that that hurdle. Hmm. And then there's the other the other thing is I was playing with Junglist and it's almost like if I'd... It was, it was like if uh, everyone had been playing the forest for three extra days... Right, like, because uh, he's playing on a like a dedicated server, and they've got like this fucking. There's a team of them. <laughs> yeah, there's there's and they were they were so far ahead of me, and they knew all this extra shit, and I, I felt like I was spoiling stuff for my stuff myself, mm. which is why I'm very careful about what I talk about. Like, I think there are certain things like the fucking killer mosquitoes. I don't think that's that big a deal to know about, but like the, the curve of what you can build and what you need to build and stuff like that because of the way it unlocks recipes when i was in junglist server i picked up mm -hmm. an item and unlocked like a shitload of recipes uh and i still i'm still not 100 certain uh whether or not the everyone playing on drew server has the same information at this point Right, mm -hmm. I I still may have access to recipes that they don't, and I, I can't tell. And there's that aspect, like, yeah, the forest is a game that you want to play with other people, um, but you also like uh, you also want to share discovery at the same rate, right? You know, like, I think it's less of a situation in valheim i think it's a bit easier to drop in and drop out especially at the point where we are in valheim at the moment where i feel capped out right you can probably drop in and you wouldn't have missed much except for the second boss fight which is right. fucking phenomenal uh a spectacular boss fight that one uh like just some of the hairiest shit i've expect experienced in a game for a long time um just it just goes like you do the you were there for the first boss fight right um n no no was it no. maybe i don't think so no? no um well that one is super easy and it wasn't much and i was i was pretty underwhelmed and the second boss fight is out of fucking control um it is like such a fucking ramp up but by that time you, you should have the tool like by the time you get to it you should have the tools required to take it down and the like the efforts we had to go to we had to like build a raft to sail across the sea and like there was you reach an ocean by home where the fucking waves are huge and that felt hairy as shit and everyone was like holding on to the the raft like mast 
for dear life and then you get over there and <clears throat> it, like yeah you're like wow well that was pretty fucking scary the fucking ocean and you have Let's absolutely hope no one dies <laughs> no idea yeah uh it, yeah shit just escalates so much further i have no idea what the third boss is going to be like i cannot imagine that it will be anywhere near as interesting as as the second one because that was fucking Mm -hmm. crazy but um yeah it's one of those situations where like that would be probably the only thing you missed out on by not playing anymore uh at the same time i wouldn't want to give any details because experiencing itself is so fucking huge it's like Mm -hmm. that that first time you go down into the caves and you see you hear something <laughs> yeah you hear something and then see something that's bigger than the cannibals that you used to and you shit gets fucking like yeah yeah you go back up the ladder and leave you, yeah, as fast as you fucking can <laughs> yeah oh you well you body block joe trying to get up the ladder um but yeah um I I I I think it's absolutely worth the money. But yeah. I also wouldn't like I would love to have a server of ten people all playing uh Valheim at once, but I wouldn't recommend grabbing it and then jumping in alongside us out of nowhere. Uh, if you haven't played all that other stuff earlier. And that is that is probably the biggest problem that Valheim has, is that, um, yeah, there's so much in, like, there's so much to the discovery aspect that you would lose a lot of the magic of the game if you were to just skip over it. And I think that's a, that's a problem, and I don't know how they solved it. Right. The forest certainly never solved it. Though, like, we just fucking started over again, like, three times in that game. Because uh, we didn't want to miss anything. And I think that's mm. what you'd have to do in Valheim. But right. Because the crafting aspect is so much more pronounced. Because the resources required are pretty intense. I wouldn't want to start, like, I'm less inclined to start over in Valheim than I was in the forest. Like, there was something fun and funny about, like, making fucking a fort in uh, the forest. It was almost childlike, right? Like, that fucking, oh, yeah, let's chop down a bunch of trees and chuck them on a fucking cart. And who built this Mm -hmm. fucking cart? We don't need a fucking cart. We'll just carry the fucking trees fucking four meters. And then you put up your fucking walls and all those fucking head trophies for some reason and you dump a leg in the water while Job's trying to drink it and you poison him and mm-hmm. um, and then you go on and you do the exploration. If you have to start over, that first moment is actually a really good way to get accustomed to the uh, controls and the way that, that the forest plays again. Whereas if you had to start over in Valheim, uh, like, I mean, when I made my when I made my server to just farm up um, copper and tin, mm-hmm. right? That actually wasn't that big a problem. That Like, it was pretty easy for me to just fucking run directly across, 
uh, through the Black Forest to where I knew Tin would like appear and then run up and down the coast until I found a copper deposit near the water so I could mine both pretty easily at once and, and sleep, repair my shit, and then that would that was it. That was all I really required. That wasn't that big a problem. Um, but if you had lovingly crafted a village uh with these giant walls and all these useful tools and all this kind of stuff mm. you would be and if it was the and then like fucking i don't know five kilometers away you also create crafted a harbor and you had another village somewhere else that was good for like grow you were growing a bunch of vegetables and all this kind of stuff if you had all this stuff going on you would be significantly less inclined to just start over i think you know that's just how I feel. I'm sure, well, I know that there are people who don't feel the same, that there are people mm-hmm. who love the fucking, the crafting of it, right? That, I mean, Minecraft is an international fucking hit. It's the biggest game in the world. So there's no question that people love some element of it. I wonder where Minecraft would sit in that triangle, right? Uh, I don't know. We should play and find that job. Oh, look out in, in, in beautiful RTX, RTX on 4K. Not 4K. Uh, it won't run. Yeah, uh, it might run. Do so they have DLSS in Minecraft? I think they do. Surely. I think they do. Yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah. they do. Um, yeah. Like, but yeah, yeah. Like, in when I play Minecraft, I don't build shit. I build, like, my the house that I build in Minecraft is a hole in the ground with a fucking bench in it that generally and a lamp and a torch on like a dirt wall and mm. when it's nighttime I will put a dirt block over the top of myself so that monsters can't get into me and that's it that's the entirety of my Minecraft sure. building I just don't care to build because it's not necessary right building is well I mean it becomes necessary eventually when you're trying to go to the nether world, nether realm, or whatever the fuck it's called. But um, yeah, it's like not Mortal necessary Kombat. for a long time. Yeah, of course. Or <laughs> injustice. Um, and and if all you're playing for is to go spelunking, which is 99% of why I play Minecraft, then yeah, I, all you really need to focus on is like. Yeah, if it was on the triangle, it would be survival, exploration focused for me. That's how I play it. I think the beauty of Minecraft is that you can sort of do any of those things. Uh, you can make it wherever you want it on the triangle, I suppose. Um, yeah, like there's definitely people who love that style of game and I don't think they're wrong for liking it. Uh, but I do think that... It, it hurts Valheim's repeatability for me, um, and and replayability, beca- replay, well, like repeated replayability. You know, like I don't want to restart, restart sure. ability. I guess you know, like, but to, if we were to get ten people playing all at once, either they would have to independently uh, get themselves to the same point that we were at, hmm. or we would have to restart, which is something I don't want to do. And that's because you can you can create new characters, right? Yeah. 
Uh, you can create new characters, new worlds, all that kind of stuff pretty easily. Uh, but yeah, I just wouldn't want you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's, yeah, tricky. Right. Um, yeah, I played, I played a little bit of it, not, not as anywhere near as much as you guys. I, um, no. I think I play about three hours. I think I'm done with it at this stage. Um, they they're saying they're like uh i don't know like 60 percent of the way through something like that in terms of development that it, it, it's looking like it's going to be a full release next year i'm assuming that's going to get pushed back at this stage just because of the giant money injection that they've had now um because it, it's an indie game right yeah is it yeah well it's like a yeah um they've got a publisher but like it's a double A publisher, so yeah, yeah. I mean, they're not a. Uh, at least I don't think they're a big studio, right? Um, no, Iron no, Gate. I've never heard of them before. They have a very um, like Iron Gate sounds like a familiar studio, but <laughs> it's it's not. Um, anyway, so yeah, like I've I've seen what it is. I think it's a good foundation. Like they've got a lot of good things going on there. So I'm happy to just wait for the full release until everything is in the game, all the content is there, um, and then jump in and, and check it out. Because like like you, I kind of don't want to get burnt out on it and then come back in a year and just be like, oh, yeah, it's kind of the same. Or, or not the same, but like I've, I've already spent 40 hours in this. Like Then I've got to do that grind again and get back to where I was. Um, I guess similar to what we did with Satisfactory, where we spent like three days straight playing that game. Um, where I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, like, I've had my time with it. It's obviously an excellent game. I'll um, I'll wait for the full release and then we'll jump back in and give it a, a good run. Um, but at the same time, I mean, like Valheim could be one of those games where in, I don't know, uh, a couple of months they're like, all right, we're hitting 1.0, but we're going to, it'll be like a games as a service thing. Like, we're just going to yeah, update it. Like, I'll stop, put a big yeah. new patch in. Um, every month and then you know maybe they can go back but from what i've seen so far it seems like it's got a bit of ways to go um like i think there's improvements they could do with stuff like the ui and uh combat uh, movement things like that um i, I think the buildings I, I, think, I think you're wrong about the combat i think it's deeper than you might think no I, th- I think just mean like the jankiness of it like it's it doesn't feel s- as smooth as what i think it could be because it's got a very um I guess like Dark Souls ish vibe with like parries and yeah. um, like there's a lot more going on there. A uh, bunch of weapons where you can use them as spears and throw them, that sort of thing. It just uh, yeah, it it's, feels it's deeper like combat it be than more. the forest, you know? Like, yeah. Which I think is something. But, but yeah. I, th- I think the forest combat feels good. Whereas right. I don't think this is in a, like it could feel better. Like sometimes you're doing stuff sure. and you're like, I should have hit that thing. Like it doesn't yeah, feel that right. Um, just bits and pieces like that. The I think the the building is is really neat. Um, just like the stuff that you can. There seems like there's tons and tons and tons of things you can build in all sorts of different ways. Like when I was fucking with your house the other day, um, mm-hmm. and kept like putting a cover on top of it. But like afterwards, when you guys left, I put a cross on your bed. I don't know if you found that, but that was just like. <laughs> like I just got random stuff out of my crafting inventory and just yeah. built a cross on your bed and then left. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm out. I'm done, guys. See you later. Classic. <laughs> Classic. 
Yeah, I've um, been looped. What Luke was doing is because uh, so it's got this smoke system. So when you got a fire, the fire gives off smoke. And if the the roof is too low, uh, or if there isn't somewhere for the smoke, like to ventilation, go, yeah, it will just smoke out the room, and you will die from smoke inhalation. You can actually die from that. And uh, Luke was constantly covering up the chimney, the makeshift yeah. chimney that I created. And then closing uh, the front door so that when you'd come yeah. back, it'd just be a house full of smoke. <laughs> so if I wanted to go in there and cook my food, I'd have to stand in the smoke for a little bit. Or if I wanted to dump stuff in the chests, I'd have to, and, and I'd have to clear the room out before I could go to sleep and stuff. Um, hmm. Hilarious. Uh, yeah. I got you back when I managed to trap you in a smoke-filled house as well. You didn't trap me. I was I was in there trying to delete the fire, and then <laughs> I couldn't figure out how to delete the fire, so I was just standing there, and I just died. I was like, oh, okay, fair enough. Um, so, like, the, the fucking goofy stuff is fantastic in this game. Like, Yeah. We pushed Drew into a fire. Like, we pushed him around the map while he was AFK. That was amazing. That was absolutely um, amazing. Oh, I didn't do it. I, I got him out of the fire. Yeah, um, and then Zio Zio pushed, pushed him back. Yeah, job. Um, <laughs> the so there was that. There was yeah. Uh, the other good one. Holy shit! I felt so bad about this. I was too like stunned. We we're in the swamps where everything was like too hitting us, and uh, Drew got like poisoned by these leeches uh, that I knew. I sh- like on the video. I'm like, oh, now I'm just supposed to tell you about fucking everything, huh? Um, yeah. But I like after afterwards, I realized I only knew about leeches because uh, I'd learned about them in when playing with with Jung, and uh, so yeah, I'd sort of I should have told him. <laughs> and then we go into this this swamp crypt, and this like blob jumps at me and i moved and it like just landed on drew instead and i hadn't said anything at all and it just fucking took him out and the reason i didn't say anything was because i was too busy laughing at uh the circumstances of what was about to go down it was like just too too humorous for me to deal with and uh and it worked out pretty well right because he got fucking wrecked. It was mm. fantastic. But yeah, it's just a... Yeah, it's a classic survival game where just anything can happen. Like, not anything, but like loads of different... The way the, the game world interacts uh, with it within itself leads to a lot of fucking humorous situations. Mm. It is a great, like, yeah, Hidden Deep needs that sort of same thing because you still get spooked right it's there's still spooky shit in valheim uh and and tense scary moments where you're not sure you're going to make it through the other side or fuck you just flat out don't make it through the other side and that is like that tension is perfectly cut by the the goofiness the goofiness like the co-op nature allows the goofiness to be sort of shared, right? Spread around so that the tension can actually come through 
which, yeah, if it was just a purely single-player game, uh, the goofiness wouldn't be shared. It would just be, <laughs> well, that was dumb. And you'd move on. And then anytime something dumb happened, like you just wind up in this situ- situation where the game would just sort of be dumb, right? Mm. You'd be like, oh, yeah, well, that was dumb, but it's a dumb game. And so the tension would never really be able to set in because your mindset would be, well, it's a dumb game. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, I... Deep should have caught. I mean, most, I think all... All okay. survival games should have co-op. Subnautica. Um, Subnautica. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for me, what's interesting is that just how much this game has blown up over, like, seemingly overnight. Um, mm. And, like, what is it about this game that has sort of caught the attention of everybody? Because to me, I, I think, like, the, I don't think the game is doing anything, like, groundbreaking or, like, that we haven't seen before. Um like most of the stuff that's in here is like, yeah, th- this is in survival games. It's and you you look at like why did the forest not have this same sort of explosion? Was it because it was too horror focused, uh, or or is it Val- Valheim maybe focused towards more towards kids and like just because of the art style and, and that sort of thing? Um, so yeah, I'm like I'm just curious as to why it's it's been sort of picked up so big because it seems like it's I don't know what it is on Steam charts, but I, I feel like it's. I'm just seeing it everywhere. Uh, it's third. Fucking hell. Yeah, it's um, huge. I feel I, like I feel like in in two weeks' time, this thing's going to be huge. It's going to like it could be the thing kids are talking about at school, and maybe to me that is why it's just grabbed so many people is because of the art style. It's not like a. It's this like bright, vibrant sort of. Um, it's not Minecraft looking like it's not pixel, but it is, you know, it's like low it's res. Still, yeah. Yeah. It's not like it's not, you don't need a beast computer. It's um, not voxels, but it is low res. Yeah. Sort of stuff. Mm. Yeah. Um. Anyway, they, they seem to just gotten in a really good spot of being like, we know, or maybe they didn't even know, like they, they've, they've got a, a good audience to, like a, a wide audience to go for. Whereas I feel like a game like Subnautica or The Forest is a lot more narrow because it's got such heavy horror elements that it's not going to appeal to such a huge net. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That's 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 cool. Uh, anyway, Valheim. It's out now on Steam um, in early access. If you want to check it out, is it worth the uh, 20, oh. is it 25 bucks job? I absolutely think it is. But right. it's twenty bucks. Uh twenty five ish, thirty ish if you're in Australia. Hmm. Cool. Um yeah. Um Drew and Jai are playing right now. Right now. Right now. The cheeky boys. Um <laughs> yeah. Noise. It's news time, Job. Uh, a lot of stuff going on this week. Pretty busy, actually. Um, let's go through some of the highlights that we've got down here. In an earnings call, Activision Blizzard has said that Diablo 4 and Overwatch 2 are not going to be releasing this year, most likely. Yeah. Does that... Um, for me, I think Diablo 4 is uh, not as surprising as Overwatch 2. Uh, what's your sort of take on this one? 
Um, yeah, I'm basically in the same boat. Uh, I am honestly shocked that Overwatch 2 isn't, isn't going to come out this year. It feels like, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, there's a chance that it would have been a holiday 2021 release, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, then, you know, uh, COVID happened. Sure. And that has created challenges. If they're on a timeline to make a holiday release happen, there's a reasonable chance that it's simply pushed that out a couple of months and we will get an early 2022 release. But at the same time, I am surprised that they did not push to get to the holiday 2021. I mean, it's good that they didn't make people crunch, but Overwatch has been stagnating for a little while Mm. now. So it's one of those ones where it's surprising that they didn't do it. Right. Uh, I mean, it's... Sorry, you go. Sorry. Okay. Uh, Yeah, I guess it's surprising because um, we are under the impression that it's all hands on deck for Overwatch 2, right? And that... Overwatch was not going to be getting any more major updates. And the last update they got was uh, last year. And so Mm. that means that it's possible now there's going to be more than a year's worth of time between uh, the Overwatch update and Overwatch 2 releasing. And so Mm. that's a huge amount of time going by where nothing's being done in the Overwatch community. Yeah. Um, So that's why I guess the thought was that this was going to be a this year game. Yeah, 100%. Dark Blue 4, less so. Not that surprised. Um, and, and you know, with the news of uh, Diablo 2 or the strong rumours of a Diablo 2 remaster coming in, yeah, um, it might, that might be, you know, I was pitching when, when we were talking about this the, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was pitching that it might be used uh, a la Modern Warfare remake or mm-hmm. remaster, but it might be used to sort of tide people over until Diablo 4 uh, instead, which makes some sense, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I'm sure we're going to find out some more news this uh, next week, actually, when BlizzCon Online kicks off. They released the uh, official schedule today. Um, cool. Uh, don't really know <laughs> what it's going to be in there. Like, there's... There's some placeholder stuff. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm keen to see. They're, de- they're definitely showing off what's going on with Diablo and Overwatch. Mm. Um, and I guess Warcraft, World of Warcraft as well, the, the big uh, three. Um, and I saw some StarCraft stuff in there. But, yeah, it's I don't, I don't know if there's going to be any big surprises apart from what we already know is coming from them. Um, so, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm keen to to watch that stuff. So we'll see what happens. I, I'm hoping that uh, Diablo is is maybe early next year or something like that. That'd be that'd be cool. But yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Um, what else do we have here? Uh, next up, we've got Cyberpunk. Oh, not even Cyberpunk news. City Project Red. It is sort of Cyberpunk related news. Uh, City Project Red was targeted in a cyber ta- cyber attack. Um, over the last couple of days, um, they found that their computer servers had been breached and uh, a text file had been left on their servers. 
basically um, saying that they uh, had stolen or taken uh, source code for Cyberpunk 2077, uh, The Witcher 3, Gwent, and an unreleased version of The Witcher 3, um, Mm. including documents relating to accounting, legal department, HR, administration, uh, investor relations, uh, and a bunch of other things that were on these servers. Um, they also basically encrypted all of the, the servers involved, um, which meant that CD Projekt needed to restore all that content or all those servers from backups. Um, this was all verified through, I uh, saw, so I think Bloomberg did a piece on it as well, saying they verified that this was a thing that was going on, that the the teams were running around trying to fix all this stuff. Um, I guess what isn't verified as of yet is whether or not this um, this stuff was taken. Um, Cyberpunk, Witcher, Gwent, and everything else, like full source code, that's a, a big issue. Um, and they were basically demanding uh, money in uh, the form of uh, 48 hours, or wanting money within 48 hours. Within, yeah, or ransom. They would, yeah. Well, they would they would leak it. Um, so I guess we're going to find out soon whether or not this is real. Uh, uh, it's, just, it's already being ransomed. Has it? Bid, bidding has begun, I believe. Yes. Uh, the source code for Gwent is being auctioned on a pirate scene uh, forum ah. right, right now, I believe. Right, so, this uh, must be today sort of news-ish. Uh, yeah, yeah, earlier today. Yeah, just before we started the podcast. So yeah, it begins. I guess it was, you know, there's some veracity to the claims or we will find out eventually. Um, yeah, interesting. Yeah. What's inter- what I find interesting is that um, this is not the first time someone has breached CDPR's uh, security. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is insane to me. How does this keep happening? Uh, my theory was that this wasn't real originally. Uh, conspiracy job. Uh, conspiracy job. <laughs> that they were about to announce that they were uh, delaying the second big patch mm-hmm. that would include a couple of mission bug fixes and otherwise nothing else. Um and that they were using this as an excuse, but uh, I guess I was wrong on that counts. Right. I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, for me, the biggest thing I sort of see coming out of this in relation to their, their future of Cyberpunk, at least, is their multiplayer. Um, with the source code out there, that's a big problem. That's... Yep. You, they're basically now... Um, you've got insight into how this game works and things you can do as a hacker to try and get around those systems by being able to see how this game works. Uh, and so if they were looking at doing like a GTA online or something like that in the form of a cyberpunk game, yeah. um, that's like blown a huge hole in their like their plants. As far as, unless this is super old code, stuff they've already changed. Like we saw this happen with um, Valve and Half-Life back in the day. And that caused huge, massive problems for them. Like that source code was all um, Half-Life and Counter-Strike related. And that being one of their their biggest games to come out, it was huge headaches. They had to go in and make massive changes to that 
in order yeah. to get it out. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I guess by the time people will hear this, <laughs> we'll know whether or not the cyberpunk stuff is like if they actually got everything. Um, they, they CD Projekt has basically said that like there's no proof that any personal information is stolen, but I mean, this could get a lot bigger and worse for them as time goes on. So I guess we'll keep an eye out for it and see what unfolds. Yeah. Um, Cause it's not a good situation for them to be in. They just can't catch a break. All right. Um, next up, we've got some Warner brothers news. You know, that nemesis system gerb from middle earth shadow of Mordor and middle earth shadow of war. We're always wondering why the fuck does anybody not use this system? Like yeah. it's good. It's good, and we don't see it anywhere. Not even Warner Brothers uses it <laughs> anywhere yeah. um, other than those two games. Uh, it turns out that, that since 2016, WB has been trying to patent this system uh, and has failed numerous times until uh, recently where it was granted for them. Uh, and that basically, I don't know, I think this is bad for the industry as a whole. It absolutely um, is, yeah. Because what they're do- doing now is saying that, uh, like they they do di- they send over like diagrams of like, hey, this is like the Nemesis system, and anybody anybody copies this sort of structure and layout and how the system will work, then we can uh, sue them or like whatever. Like that, you can't use this. Basically, I think that yeah. holds the industry back as a whole because the whole thing about video games is taking ideas and iterating on them and making them better and trying like putting twists and turns on them and things like that. And by, by starting to patent game ideas is not a path. I think the industry should be going down. Uh, could like, could you imagine if this became the norm and all of a sudden the, the next Minecraft or if PUBG patented battle Royale or Minecraft painted crafting or any of that sort of stuff, like what that would where do would, to uh, creativity. Where would Shadow of War or Shadow of Mordor uh, be if mm. uh, someone had patented the open world action adventure, third right. person open world action adventure in the first place? You know, like it's mm. not like they it was sprung fully formed from their loins uh, in the first place. Like the Nemesis system exists in a game that iterates upon decades of like game design. So right. it's a garbage fucking move. So a really cunty act. Cunt act uh from from WB. Um yeah. Like it's gross as shit. I'm not Yeah, and I think it's the type of thing where um now that it has been improved like what's to stop other studios being like all right, well, let's patent this thing that we've got going yeah. and then going in there. I saw one recently. I, f- I feel like it was Rockstar because it was an open world thing, but the way like AI traffic behaved or something like that, like right. they had a patent for that. Just, yeah, I don't know, man. Like it's not a good yeah. it's not a good area we want to see uh, publishers go down where they start patenting. What uh, if CDPR pat- patented their, their police system, you know? Jeez, no one could you imagine? That, though. Like fucking, <laughs> how 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 would the world exist hmm. if the world's worst police system didn't crop up everywhere? Gutted. Right. Anyway, it's it's weird. Um, 
All right, next up, we've got uh, E3 news. Apparently, E3 is happening this year, Joe, but it will not be happening as a physical event. Instead, it will be a digital event. Um, so this comes from leaked documents sent to uh, VGC, um, who have broken a lot of stories over the last year that we've talked about here. And uh, what this document talks about is like three days worth of live streaming coverage um, and uh, going online, like all digital for E3. Uh, I guess some of the interesting stuff that is in here is that that they are charging an exorbitant amount of money for developers or publishers to use their space, their online space. Uh, yep. The number being thrown around was in the six-figure mark. What? Uh, really? <laughs> and they actually got a comment from one, uh, it didn't say who, but it said one major games company that VGC spoke to said that it would run its own separate digital showcase rather than paying the sum of six figures to join the E3 2021 schedule. Yeah. Uh, that is nuts. Uh, especially considering that like E3 has done such a bad job over the last year of trying to even move to an all digital platform. Like we've seen the stuff that Jeff Keighley has done with his digital um, yeah showcases that he's done whether it's the game awards or the uh summer the summer games event that he did last year which was extremely successful um mm. which he did in place of sort of like e3 and uh and then like all the discussions about the esa which is who runs e3 um trying to get uh trying to get a relationship going with uh reed pop who who works on all the pax expos and that falling apart and then all the stuff with Jeff Keighley falling apart. Like, it just seems like they don't have a grasp on how to run any of this stuff. So I've got zero confidence that they know what they're doing for this year either. And also, publishers don't need E3 at this stage. They can, they've can they done their own events online. They can do their own events online. There's no reason for them to, to join this, I think. I think at this point, like E3 even like as a digital platform at least i don't think e3 is going to be successful unless something wild happens like <laughs> someone crazy jumps on board but i just don't see why you no. would do that like what is their plan dead on arrival no chance it's done yeah um just like fucking call it time of death e3 2019 you reckon i reckon yeah that was it um that was the death. They're thing. talking about having the media week still, like the, uh, I guess they usually call it like awards week where they get media to play it a week or two before and then like that sort of stuff. And then they'll do the showcase during E3. But uh, like, I think it just depends on who's on board. We, we got to see if like Sony's obviously pulled out years and years ago. Nintendo does their own thing. Is Xbox going to, gonna do a uh some sort of showcase or is bethesda gonna do a stream or warner brothers gonna do it a stream this year or are they just happy running this stuff without anybody else around them having uh every you know it all to themselves and just doing it in their own fashion without having to spend a bunch of money on on this stuff because i think we've seen over the past year that it's possible to do without e3 like it can be done yeah so absolutely 
Um, I guess we'll find out more as uh, a bunch more information comes out. Uh, next up, we got some Borderlands news. I like talking about this because it's just fucking, it's nuts. I don't know what is going on here. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis has been cast in Borderlands film and will play Tannis. Uh, we've got we've got Kevin Hart now as Roland. Uh, yep. Kate Blanchett as, was it Lilith? Lilith. Um, yep. And now Jamie Lee Curtis as Tannis with Eli Roth directing. And the writer is um, the guy that did Chernobyl. Is it Mason? I think his name was. Uh, Mason, yeah. Craig Mason, yeah. Yeah. This yeah. gets crazy every week. I don't know what is happening here. Right. Uh, I'm, I I can't even fathom what will happen next What is this week. film? <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm starting to struggle. Like, Arnie is going to get announced as Brick. Like, just out of nowhere. They'll just be like, oh, no, it's Arnie. Yeah, fuck it. Oh, okay, yeah, I didn't see that one coming. Uh, um, or, like, you know. Um, yeah. like Or to be it. like, we've blown our budget. It's actually just a Brick. We've drawn a face on it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Genius. Yeah, it uh, just like keeps escalating. Clint Eastwood. He's you know, he's an old school action star. I'll just get him. Clint Eastwood is starring as Brick. And you're like Oh. Uh, that's weird. Not Mordecai? <laughs> no. No. Brick. Like you're like uh I guess. Or Burnt Reynolds is Burnt. But Reynolds is still alive, right? Yeah. Oh God, he is. Is is, is he? Yeah. Ah, uh, uh, fuck. Is he? Oh, is maybe he? not. Was, was he died in 2018? Oh, oh Bert. No. Oh no, not like oh, this. No. God damn it! They've reanimated his corpse, <laughs> and he'll be playing brick. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. This movie's fucking. I just. I can't. I can't. At this point, I just don't know what it is. I've. I cannot picture what this film will be. Mm. I'm out of out of ideas. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and, I, and they haven't announced everybody yet. That's the thing. <laughs> like, there's yeah. still so many more characters to go. Oh man, like who's like is Moxie going to be in this? Who who like who's Moxie? Well, who's like who's claptrap and all this sort of stuff? Oh, um, at this point, like, is this going to be a, a a weekly thing or like every two weeks, like new new person's cast? Like, is this their how they're dishing out the media, getting people hyped about it? Right, it's working. It's, <laughs> it's working. We're going to be a Borderlands film podcast by the end of this year. <laughs> Basically, yeah. 100%. And then also, how much money is this thing going to cost? Like, oh yeah, is this why Embracer bought Gearbox? Is because they're like, "Fuck, we need, they need more money." By the time <laughs> like it actually finishes principal photography, it will be cheaper to actually fly to a vault planet, ah. uh, to try to get the money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's just, yeah, I got no, no idea. This this movie doesn't make any sense to me. It's no. killing me. No. Um, all right. We'll keep uh, our ears out for that one. See what else keeps coming up over the next couple of months. Um, otherwise, I think that is it. Anything else that's come up while we've been talking? Um, did you see that Terrario Dev announced that he's no longer, like, 
Terraria oh, yeah. will no longer be on Stadia. Good lord! Right? That, yeah, I saw that, this. That entire system is just a mess. Um, yeah. So basically, his account got locked on Google, and uh, he's just been getting the fuck about. And so he's like, you Ooh. know what? Fuck it. Terraria is not coming to Stadia. Uh, yeah, I guess. Fuck you. Um, All right, we we do have breaking point. news. Oh, um, there was some news uh, I saw earlier today, which I didn't put down here because I'm not sure if it was credible. Um, it was the Last of Us part, oh, sorry, the Last of Us TV series news related to who is going to be playing Joel. Um, right. This was from a website that said Mahershala Ali was going to be playing Joel. Um, it was a rumor. I didn't think it was worth talking about, but... I've just seen uh, Troy Baker retweet a post from Collider saying that Ellie has been cast as uh, Game of Thrones star Bella Ramsey. Um, So I don't know how credible that Marshall Ali thing is now because uh, getting two two reports out of a couple of hours, uh, one of them seems pretty credible. The other one I have no idea about. So, I mean, it's possible. Who is Bella Ramsey? Um, she played, uh, who was she in Game of Thrones? Liana Mormont. Oh, yeah. she's that, that fucking, she's the chick, the lady who was like a mad boss chick right. for the Starks, right? Hmm. I think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. This is from Hollywood Reporter. So it's, this one is legit. Right. Um. Yeah, all right. That's interesting. I, I wonder how far if we are from this Joel announcement, or if it actually is Mershali. Um, I don't think it is. What do you like? What are you thinking about that casting? Uh, I don't know. I think he's a fucking spectacular actor, but I don't think it's, they're going to do it. I'd love to see it because could you imagine? Oh, they could you imagine the internet's reaction? Holy shit! It'd be it'd be juicy just for that alone. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, I guess we might be talking about this <laughs> casting news for the rest Fuck. of the <laughs> we we are a yeah, video game casting, video game movie casting podcast from Oh, sorry. Video game movie p- casting and Xbox game uh pass ultimate podcast mm. from here on out. Like those yeah. are the two main topics that we talk about, I suppose. Yeah. Um I mean, and occasionally other games. Or the Craig Mason podcast because he's doing both The Last oh, of Us right. and Borderlands. Nice. All right. Time to go watch Scary Movie 3 and 4. Um, um, okay. <laughs> Actually, this this Hollywood reporter does mention Moshe Ali. It says, um, uh, it says, Ali did circle the role, sources say, but a deal, but a deal ever came to fruition. I think I was supposed to say never. It says right. ever here. Um, so maybe maybe that didn't come out, but maybe they uh, only cast one person at this stage. So we'll see. At least ho- like Hollywood Reporter is saying that that is something that they were talking about, whether or not that has happened. Not sure yet. Um, all right. So keep people posted on that one. Exciting, exciting times. That is the news. Unless Oh, do you want to say anything else about a Terraria? Oh, it's just shitty. Right? Like, he's he's still fucking blocked. 
mm. which is bananas. Um, and yeah, they haven't done anything about it. It's just wild. Yeah. Like it's it's quite scary that it could happen to like any developer. Yeah. Like anyone, really. Like it could happen to you or me. Like like that's bananas. Uh all of my shit is on Google. When this news mm. first came out, uh I actually went through and backed up stuff off Google. I made sure to have backups off of Google because I did have, because Google was my primary backup system and I'm like, oh, I need to not have that as my primary. Like if my, if I get banned from that, I'm fucked. Yeah. Um, I'm now, I'd still be fucked, but it would be, I wouldn't be completely cooked. I'd be able to come back from it. Hmm. I think the only thing I'm a bit like, uh, there's two sides of this story is that, he hasn't really said why he was banned. Right. Like he hasn't, I don't know, at least when I was reading this stuff a couple of days ago, there was no, like he wasn't saying that like, oh, I did this and it was accident or, or anything like that. It's just like, oh, I was banned and they won't respond to me type thing where right. it is possible yeah. that he did something. I don't know. It's hard to say at this stage. Um, it is. Anyway, it's a fuck situation. Okay. It is. Let's questions. get yeah, let's get out of here. Do some questions. Baz writes, Hey Luke, how many guns do you own now? If none, have you used one since the move? Hmm. Um how many guns were in Borderlands? A bajillion? Something like that. Have you been shooting since you moved to America? No, I've been inside my house for fucking a year. <laughs> It'll Look, be a be year, like next house? month. Yeah, it will be. Yeah. yeah, it will be. March, April. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You, I don't know. I haven't been. I've been shooting noobs in Call of Duty. F- That's the closest I've got. F- face mask on and going on down to a gun range or some shit. Yeah, I don't think there's um, any gun ranges in San Francisco. Yeah, I don't uh, think San Fran has any. I remember when. Uh, I went over for Lawbreakers. Yeah. Um, we had to go a fair way out of the city to get to a gun range to go shoot some guns, but we did shoot some guns. And it was, we got to shoot a fucking M60. That thing was fucking bananas. There's a pistol uh, range out just past Oakland. That's, that's I mean, fucking, that's still, still like a 50 minute away. drive. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So no. I guess no. No. Uh. But I think do, I went in Vegas one year when we went to E3. Yeah. Um. I remember that. We were shooting clowns or something like that. I think. Mm. On on I've got it. Uh, I don't know. It might be here still somewhere. Or maybe I've gotten rid of it. Anyway. Cool. Cool. No. No. I don't have any. Got it. Uh, nice Nico writes dear the gap in 2020 I built my first PC I've had PCs in the past but I'd never put one put it together myself I went with a 3070 as I feel it will be an excellent card at 1080p for years to come but I have a 4k monitor and I guess I'm not very sensitive to in-game resolution maybe my eyes are fucked my question is do you guys play at 4k and are you guys sensitive to higher resolutions does it really make that much more difference to you thanks Nick uh, I play at 1440p. Um, with the NVIDIA software, you can actually force 
a uh, monitor at a, a lower resolution to display at a higher resolution. So I can force mm-hmm. my monitor to display at 4K if I am so inclined. I do uh, when I am not playing games, but I play games at 1440p because frame rate over resolution every fucking day of the week in the 3070 yeah. will definitely... The 3070 would probably carry at 1440p if you were interested in doing it. Uh, I do think it provides clarity, uh, a significant amount of clarity, especially in um, shooters. Uh, so I think it's worth it for that. But outside of that, uh, I don't think higher resolution is always that big an improvement. Like it definitely looks better, um, mm. but I would always prioritize frames over resolution pixels Luke your thoughts yeah uh, I think it depends on the game for me I yeah <clears throat> like if I'm playing a, a third person action game or something I want to be hitting at least between 70 and 90 um, right. so I'll, I'll generally tinker around with what I've got uh, but most of the time I'm playing at 1440 um, I yeah. think Call of Duty for me is on 4k by default um, right. but that runs at anywhere between 100 and something frames to, I don't know, 130, uh, depending on how hot we are dropping. Uh, yeah, generally 1440p. I think my monitor is only a, 10, uh, is only a 1080, so I'm, I'm doing that right. same thing you just talked about with the NVIDIA. Yeah. Up, upscaling, is that what they call it? Upscaling, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can enable it in your, um, uh, your is it called GeForce Experience? Yeah, it's not, not the experience experience. No, the other one, the fucking... Control panel. Control panel. Yeah, NVIDIA control panel. When you right-click on it in your taskbar, you can yep. find it. Just pop a quick Google. It'll tell you how to do it. Uh, or, or a DuckDuckGo, I guess, or a Bing. Because um, fuck Google. But, um, it's called Dynamic Super Resolution. You can enable yeah. it, um, which is uh, what mine is. I've got a bunch of different settings in there. Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah, you can make custom resolutions in it and everything. It's fucking fantastic. Uh, yep. So if you are, if you feel like you're going, like if you feel like you're, I don't know, what frame rates, your uh, what uh, hertz refresh rate your modus is capable of, but if it's, I don't know, if you're consistently getting 60 plus, try, uh, or, you know, 100 plus, mm create a custom resolution have a look at how it looks at uh 1440p and you might feel that you're getting more clarity and that it is a worthwhile upgrade but if it's not then yeah i think the 30s the 37 to 70 is a fucking beast card um i think yeah you slap games at 1440p gotta be able um, to buy it though job that's the but no problem because already got one so oh okay yeah, th- they were yeah. selling some here the other day in the yeah. Bay Area, um, and you needed to buy a CPU, a motherboard, an SSD, CPU, motherboard, SSD. RAM? And something else. Yeah, memory. Um, mm. With it as well. <laughs> like, as a bundle, they were only selling it as bundles. Fuck. And they That's just jacked the prices up recently, man. Like, that is... Uh, I Like, I've given up at this stage. I, f- yeah. I think like I'll wait for the next. Not that I've been actively looking, but if one was to bob up, I'd be like, oh yeah, okay. Um, but at this point, I'm like, I just wait for the next next lot. Like it's not worth it 
it's the price is just so nuts for the 3080s at least uh yeah. it's just ridiculous so yep all right uh good okay. stuff any other questions yes johnny bravo says hey gents what's coming out first star citizen or party animals this one hurts uh how Ooh. can you say this how can you do this to me um party animals obviously because star citizen is never coming out um and <laughs> i f- i feel like i just walked into the punchline of this joke but i just yeah. saw more guys written trick question neither oh. um harsh party animals oh. will come out i will fucking will it into existence <clears throat> yeah. if i have to uh consider me attempting like i've now begun willing it into existence so when it does come out you can directly thank me yeah um i I'm looking forward to the day. It'll be like 15 years from now when there's no such thing as video games anymore. Uh, yep. and, and it's just Star Citizen. That is all anyone ever plays. Ah. It's, it's like um, it's like Ready Player One. But <laughs> but Ready Player One is Star Citizen. Star and so Citizen. We, can, we can go back and roll the tape on Job saying how this game will never come out and it'll be the worst game ever. And that's oh, yeah. all Job plays now. And <laughs> it's yep. his favorite game. <laughs> yep. I play. I'll, I'll be playing Magic: The Gathering inside of Star Citizen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> gold. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Good stuff. Let's get out of here. If you want to send us any questions, you can do so via our email, the GA Podcast at gmail.com, or you can go to our Discord page, the gapodcast.com slash Discord. You can leave us questions in there, like uh, those other fine people have done today. Oh, you can just jump jump in and just shoot the shit. People talking about all sorts of things in there. Uh, all playing yep. games. Um, I think some of the guys are in there right now playing Valheim, Valheim. it looks like. Yep. Yep. Um, you can also find us, if you want to listen to previous podcasts, on iTunes, Android, Windows Store, Spotify, YouTube, all places you get podcasts from, Under the Gap or the GA Podcast. If you do have a moment, please rate and review the show. It helps other people find us. Uh, you can also find us on social media, facebook.com slash GA Podcast. Twitter.com slash the GA podcast, or you can go to our YouTube page, the GA podcast.com slash YouTube, watch the podcast in video form. Uh, you go to our website, the GA podcast.com. It's got links to all those things we just talked about on the show, including uh, previous episodes. If you want to go back and, I don't know, visit, revisit the game of the year show that went for eight hours. Sure. That is up there. You can go do yeah. that. Um, and that is all thanks to our Patreon members who help keep this show going and the uh, website running. You can go to patreon.com slash the GA podcast, become a, a member over there. Uh, get the podcast a little bit earlier. Usually goes up a couple of hours after we finish recording this once it's, it's finished processing. That You know that game of the year show? took mm. I don't know if I said this last time. took fucking ages to process. So long. I reckon it took longer than it did for us to record it. <laughs> it took, it really? took ages. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's go. I think, I, I don't know why. Anyway, uh, it, yeah. it took me a while. Um Anyway, that's 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 uh, thanks to our Patreon members who help. Uh, thank keep you. That going. So thank we you very it. much. Um, anything you want to pimp out for this week? You've been working on no at all. No, no. Where Don't can people find you? Now? At Joey Jojo on Twitter. Yeah. What's your IP address if people want to join? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Why not? You don't want to get CD Projekt Red. <laughs> <laughs> What are they going to fucking blackmail me for? Oh, yeah, we've got your fucking, your Valheim review. 
well, releases to the public. That'll probably be the biggest fucking release of one of my reviews ever. Um, no, just join us in the Discord if you want to join. We can get you in. And then if you if you troll like Luke does, then we'll just fucking mm. ban you. Yep. Okay, uh, you can find me at twitter.com slash LukeLaurie, L-A-W-R-I-E. And that is it for this week. Uh, we'll be back with some more uh, Borderlands and uh, Last of Us news next week, most likely, by the way things are shaping up. Uh, otherwise, mm. I would say so. See you then. Yeah. Bye.